Well, hello, ladies, gentlemen, and everyone listening in to today's newest edition of VORW International, the podcast that I do. Thank you all for tuning in to this new program. Hope everyone out there listening in right now is feeling and doing all right. This program is the 2023 Predictions episode. Yes, indeed, it's January of 2023. A happy new year to everyone out there listening in. And as I do on a yearly basis at this point, I always try to release a program in January of each year where listeners and myself, but mostly I want this to be focused on the listeners, will give their predictions for the upcoming year. So... For the program today, really the format is quite simple. In the last show that I did, I invited listeners to send in their submissions and predictions for the next program that I do. And then, of course, this is the program. I will be reading them on the air. For the most part, I will let the predictions speak for themselves. Uh, but periodically I will have some general thoughts and commentary. But for the most part, as I mentioned, I don't want to try to say, oh, this prediction holds more weight than that one. I want you as an audience to listen in, uh, think for yourself, and uh, go from there. Now, I will say this as a warning This program reaches a wide variety of listeners from a wide variety of backgrounds and a wide variety of ideologies and worldviews. You are, without a shadow of a doubt, going to hear views in this program that you vehemently oppose and disagree with. This is your opportunity to bail out if you would like. What I have noticed, since I've already recorded the bulk of the program, and I've gone through all of the predictions, it's pretty much a 50-50 ideological split between left and right. So, with that said, as happy as I am to see that this program is able to re- to reach, I should say, a varying audience, and I, I certainly like that quite a bit. I know that a lot of people, and it's just the way things are, I think we all understand that, uh, a lot of people sometimes have a hostile reaction to viewpoints that you don't see eye to eye with. Like I said, it's just how it is, it's just the way uh, things are, but you are going to be hearing things that you, you know, one minute you'll be shaking your head in agreement and you'll be thinking this person is really in tune with things and then the next you're going to be saying this person's out of their mind. Just be ready for that. I've made it clear and I've made it a point that I don't censor the predictions and thoughts that come in for this broadcast. I believe in critical thinking and I think... One question that we should be asking, which really we don't, is even if these are things 
that we disagree with, number one, hopefully they can provide at least a, bit, a little bit of perspective or insight, perhaps, on various situations. But secondly, if you ever want a thought experiment, ask yourself the question, well, why? Why do people see it this way when I don't? Right? Where are they coming from exactly? What's, what's behind this? These are just questions, you know, to ask yourself. Maybe it can provide more of an understanding of, be that the situation in question, your view to things, give you a better understanding of those around you, etc. But that's my way, my recommended way anyway, of approaching this. And as I said, be warned, yes, you are going to hear things you disagree with. And if that's objectionable, then this is your opportunity to leave. You don't have to put yourself through this. No one's forced to listen to this program. And I've given probably six minutes of warning at this point. And, and I'm not saying this is an ultra-controversial show or anything. It's not. But nonetheless, you've been warned. The approach that I take is one that I stand by completely, though. And I am not changing it. It's cost me listeners in the past. It will cost me listeners in the future. But this is my show, and this is the way I choose to operate and run it and conduct it with that understanding. So, I should also note, going forward, I hope to do another program... Uh, later on in the month as well, and I know we're already starting to approach, uh, sort of getting to the end of January, but I do want to mention that uh, toward the end of the month, maybe the very end of uh, January, because this program is just going to be solely focused on the predictions, I've gotten some other emails with miscellaneous questions and topic suggestions, etc., uh, that I will cover then show probably isn't going to be as long as this one is, but that's just something to uh, be aware of. So if you're wondering, well, I, you know, I sent in an email with some non-prediction uh, points and topics, etc. Uh, why isn't it read in this program? There's the answer to that. There's going to be another show coming up that I'll be focusing on all of the non-prediction material then, so just stay tuned for that. Likewise, if you have any thoughts or feedback for this program, and if you would like to send in any questions, comments, topic suggestions, points you would like to raise, things you'd like to discuss, in the next show I'm going to be doing a mailbag program uh, where I'll just read and respond to some miscellaneous listener feedback. So if there's anything that you'd like to ask me or share with the audience, you're welcome to reach out, and I'll be covering it again in the next program at the end of the month. V-O-R-W-I-N-F-O at gmail.com is the contact email. Once more, that's V-O-R-W-I-N-F-O at gmail.com. Likewise, for those of you tuned into this program on YouTube, you may notice uh, that there are two pieces of fan art featured in this broadcast. To give credit where credit is due, the first piece of fan art uh, giving credit to Claire in Florida. The second piece of fan art giving credit 
to Eric. So thank you to the two of you for taking the time and effort to create these pieces. It's much appreciated. If you are feeling artistically inclined, it's always my pleasure and it's a long-standing tradition. At this point, it's been ongoing for nine years now where I will try to feature listener-submitted fan art in this program. Have fun with it. It's all about exercising your creativity. But if you'd like to create a piece of fan art, purely your decision, uh, but if you'd like to create a piece of fan art and have it featured in the next program, way to do it is very simple. Have fun with it. Do whatever you want with it. All you have to do is send me the file as an email attachment to v-o-r-w-i-n-f-o at gmail.com. Please let me know how you'd like to be credited. Of course, you went through the time and effort to make this piece, and it'll certainly be the very least I could do uh, to let listeners know who did the piece and where more of your work can be found. So if you'd purely like to be credited by name, that's fine by me. If you'd like to be credited by name and location, it's up to you. If you'd like for me to include the link to social media profiles where more of your work can be found, I'll certainly do that. If there's a website of yours that you would like to be linked, that I likewise uh, will certainly do. So just let me know how you'd like to be credited. It's as easy as that. If you do not let me know how you'd like to be credited by default, uh, you will be anonymous. That's just what I do. I'm not one of those people that if you didn't mention your name, I'm not going to, you know, just put your name up and, you know, get your email and say, oh, well, you mentioned this name and your email address, so I'm going to say that. No, if you didn't mention your name, then... As far as I'm concerned, you're anonymous. So just let me know. Otherwise, I take those precautions because I want to respect your privacy and I'm not going to intrude upon it uh, in such a manner otherwise. <laughs> All right. And on the final note, before we get into the show, if you enjoy this broadcast and you'd like to hear more of it and you want to support the show, you want to help keep it going, if you enjoy the radio show that I do and you want to support that as well, uh, you're always welcome to send in a donation via PayPal to v-o-r-w-i-n-f-o at gmail.com, uh, or you could go to patreon.com slash the report of the week. I never like making those announcements, but this is the way of passing around the metaphorical tip jar. Purely your choice. But with that said, now let's get into the predictions. So, as I mentioned uh, for the show, going to be reading the listener predictions for the year 2023. There's a wide variety of various predictions, uh, some of which are silly, many of which are serious, and uh, like I said, it is encompassing a wide variety of ideologies and worldviews. Our first prediction for 2023 comes in from Nick, and it reads, Long-time listener, my prediction for 2023 is that, while stagnating in their attempts in Ukraine, Russia will put pressure on Belarus 
to take a more active role in the conflict, rather than simply acting as staging for Russian forces, under threat of potential annexation themselves if they do not comply. Should this come to pass, I would expect Lukashenko to agree to this, as he isn't really in a position to resist Putin, and certainly has a few friends to his west to rely on. So that's a prediction in regards to the situation in Ukraine coming in from Nick. As you'll notice as the show continues, you will see a variety of predictions regarding Ukraine, and you will see a variety of different ideas that folks have toward the conflict, what direction it will take, what side has the upper hand. But certainly, something that I've even wondered is what will the role of Belarus be going forward? Will it purely be this sort of hands-off logistical approach that they have been taking and serving merely as a staging area, or will they have a more direct role? Every so often you'll see in the news these articles that will come out about how Belarus is doing military exercises and they'll have some troops near the border, and then it falls out of the headlines and it turns out that those exercises were merely that and weren't any sorts of invasion plans. We will see what direction things take. Thank you, Nick. CR Fox is checking in. Firstly, I predict we will continue to see a decline in public interest in superhero films and TV shows. I've been a fan of the genre for as long as I remember, but even I am exhausted with the countless reboots, iterations, and retcons that plague the majority of superhero-related media. It's my opinion that the majority of this media is not made with the intention to tell important or effective stories or to study the role of superheroes in our culture. Rather, they're made simply to fulfill the same role as sitcoms, but with multi-million dollar CGI action sequences. Ultimately forgettable experiences that keep one occupied for a couple of hours Unless the genre as a whole comes to take itself more seriously in order to resonate with viewers on deeper levels, I think it will continue to decline, and in fewer than 10 years, superhero movies or TV shows will be a rarity. My second prediction is that McDonald's will absolutely bring back the McRib next fall. They'll market it like it's a public outcry (laughs) that what motivated them to bring it back, and the quality will be the same as ever. Wouldn't be surprised if they marketed it with the hashtag release the McRib cut. Thank you for your time and happy new year. Thank you again, CR Fox checking in. Interesting prediction with the superhero movies. I am not a big superhero movie fan myself, really for the same reasons. If It's not that the concepts in and of themselves bother me, because they don't. A lot of, I mean, even when I was young, admittedly I wasn't necessarily any sort of fervent 
reader, but, you know, I would sometimes read some of the uh, old comics and superhero novels, graphic novels, etc. That was totally fine to me. I thought the stories were very well articulated. They were interesting. They had a, a plot that was actually worth something. And uh, they were just, it was quality, I would say. And there are some superhero movies that likewise fit that profile. But these days, I just tend to have the same frustrations in that a lot of it feels very formulaic, very... It takes this cookie-cutter mold, and it's clear that I think instead of trying to provide value to the viewing audience, uh, the focus is more blindly on profit. That's why I don't really watch very many contemporary uh, superhero movies, or really very many contemporary movies to begin with. I just... There's just not a lot that appeals to me. That's not to say that there aren't good movies out there that are made in the present. I just feel as though they're growing exceedingly more uh, rare. But that's just me. I think the question is... Will the superhero movies actually uh, start to go extinct? I don't know. I think the question will be, is there money to be made? If there still is and they feel that they could pump a few bucks out of people and keep it going, then it's not, I don't think it's going to change. Hopefully people will, uh, will realize and protest, even if it's with their pocketbooks. Uh, but I just... I don't see that happening. I think people are so conditioned these days to blindly consume at least a large enough subset of the population. You could have, this could turn into a movement and you could have millions of people who will demand higher quality from these studios, but as long as they can milk enough people, doesn't matter how many millions of folks might feel the same way, as long as they get enough money, they're not going to change for anything. And uh, like you mentioned with the McDonald's McRib, I think a lot of corporate stuff is planned. And they'll make the decisions, and this doesn't just go for corporations, but since we're talking about McDonald's here, you know, we'll, we'll keep it at that. I think that I, I could believe that. They'll make you think you have a say. They'll make you think, oh, I, I, uh, they value me as a customer, and they listened Really, this was all predetermined a year ago, and they're just playing, playing with people psychologically. Wouldn't surprise me in the least. Some good predictions there. Thanks for writing in. Holly is checking in. I wanted to submit a quick prediction for your show, and it's somewhat appropriate for any prepper to consider. There have been an alarming amount of domestic attacks on our power grid as of late. Individuals who have said to, quote, know what they are doing, unquote, particularly the Denver attack, have been shooting at and destroying critical transformers in our grid. In this attack, 40,000 households lost power due to what I consider to be terrorism, and there have been other attacks recently as well. Unfortunately, as we remain a country divided, I predict we will see more of this in the next year. Further, we are alarming our foreign enemies that our grid is not only critical to our survival, but is a verifiable weak spot, if even some random person can attack it. Never before have we needed power so much, and never before has it been so weak. I appreciate your mention of generator use, 
and how critical it is to take your generator outside. I sell a lot of these units, and it's always alarming to me that people run them indoors and asphyxiate themselves and their families. Just my two cents. I hope 2023 brings you joy and even more time in front of the microphone. Thank you for all that you do. Thank you, Holly, for your prediction. The, uh, the energy grid, you know, I try to mention this whenever I can, and I talk about this more on the shortwave because it's a, a platform number one where I just, I know I can talk about it without having to worry about anything. Number two, I think the shortwave audience in general is more receptive to this. A lot of folks who uh, are going to be listening to shortwave in this day and age, some will be doing so out of necessity, but some will be like I said, I think they'll just be more receptive to these sorts of things. They'll have a level, what I tend to notice anyway, a level of critical thinking that I wish you would see displayed on other platforms as well. But I've talked about the power grid and how frighteningly fragile it is that some of these attacks are highly sophisticated, but it does prove what you've seen. It doesn't necessarily take, you know, like a Navy SEAL to do this stuff. You've had, you've had these incidents where some guy is just driving by in his truck. He'll just point the gun out the window, blindly shoot, and then it's just a matter of probability. All right, what's going to get hit? And there's a chance that it is just as easy as that. Yes, the grid is beyond fragile, and like you mentioned, our dependence thereon is higher than ever. So it certainly wouldn't surprise me if you have domestic terrorists that see this and exploit it, nor would it surprise me if foreign intelligence agencies at least devise a plan to do the very same, because they, they see a weak point, they know it when they see it. And believe me, I think they see it, all right. I'm sure you've heard of that one attack that happened about a decade ago at this point, I think, in California. Back in 2013, there was a very similar attack that happened in, I think it was northern or central California. Power substation was professionally attacked, dismantled, not a trace of a perpetrator was ever found. They never found who did it. And they said it seemed like a very professional job. So some people speculated back then that that was a foreign entity perhaps doing a dry run. Uh, but whatever that was, people have had this idea. But at this point, now it's starting to become more popularized and it is a dangerous situation. So we'll see what the future holds. A lot of folks, you know, tend to have a complex where they think, well, it's not going to be me that's impacted. It's not going to happen to me. And uh, sometimes that complacency, you know, it, it does prove correct in that people do dodge a bullet again and again and again. But that complacency just breeds inaction. And then when, when it actually does happen to someone, they're ill-prepared and... You know, it could be different. Sometimes even just taking basic steps. You don't need to go all out if you don't want to, but just basic common sense things. And it, the same stuff works for natural disasters, 
severe storms, blizzards, earthquakes, hurricanes, etc. You don't have to just sit there and say, I feel ridiculous doing this, as if someone's actually going to shoot the substations and bring the grid down. If you don't want to try to justify that to yourself, then don't, because there's plenty of natural things that could do the exact same thing as well. I always say you don't have to go all out, but I don't know. Do I see anything wrong with better safe than sorry approach here? Personally, I don't. But it's your life and the choice is yours. You gotta do what you feel is right. Thank you for writing. Quick prediction coming in from Mike in St. Paul, Minnesota. In 2023, we finally recognize that we have switched from the era of the internet to the era of AI. Generations born after this year will be known as the AI generation. Mike, St. Paul, Minnesota, thank you for writing. Yeah, AI, it is what it is in the end, but if the future goes the way that I think a lot of people expect it to, then indeed it would only be a matter of time until it continues to rise in, in prominence. We will see AI generation. That does sound like one of those terms that you could see them naming a generation after it does. Especially if it winds up being, whether we like it or not, a major facet of everyday life. Aaron is writing in, I believe, from Ireland. To address the elephant in the room, first of all, I think the war in Ukraine will still be going by the end of the year. It's a sad thought, as many people are losing their lives before uh, because of it, but I don't see things ending before 2024. That's what I was meaning to say. I think we will see some degree of political instability across Western Europe, exacerbated by energy uncertainty. Likewise, I think we are at an unstable juncture in history, and that things will get worse before they get better. I think we have more years, how many I dread to think about, before things improve. Saying that, I think there have been worse times in history which people have survived than this one, so I don't want to be too negative. I have few personal goals this year that'll hopefully make it a satisfying year on a personal level. When the world is as it is, it helps to retreat into the private, small world. Well said, Aaron. Well said. Sometimes it's the only way to Keep your wits about you when you you see what's going on around you, isn't it? Sometimes it's the only thing you can do to preserve your sanity. Sometimes just to to find that drive and and that motivation to say, I'm going to keep going from one day to the next. Sometimes that's where the most important things in your life are. That doesn't apply necessarily to everyone, but I know that in many a case, sometimes we have to look and savor even the small things, for those may very well be the most important. Eric in Alaska writes, I predict either a catastrophic earthquake or hurricane in 2023. Though that may seem obvious, I feel we've been on an intensifying pattern the last few years, and I suspect it will only get worse. I also predict that the U.S. government will begin tightening up restrictions on social media as it is seemingly plunging us right into some weird Orwellian society. 
Hope all is well for you in the upcoming year. As a fellow broadcaster, I hope you're able to continue crackling a mic for many more years. Thanks, Eric, up in Alaska. Don't hear from too many listeners there. And my intention, pleased to say, is to be right here at the microphone through 2023, 2024, and so on. As long as I want to do it and I have the resources to do it, I'm not going anywhere. Interesting predictions there. Yeah, censorship. I can't say I feel any differently. You just wonder, what next, right? All right, from Manchester, England, we hear from Sam, who is sending in a list of 10 short predictions, saying uh, covering topics ranging from politics to fashion, so a little bit of everything. Let's take a look. One. Biden will announce that he is running again in the 2024 U.S. presidential election. Two, the movement for the U.K. to rejoin the E.U. will grow substantially. Three, YouTube will disable the comment section, cross most videos, becoming more like a streaming service to interject. I hope not, but who would have thought that they would do what they did to the dislike button? So who's to say? Four, the upcoming Barbie and Super Mario Brothers movies will be lambasted by U.S. conservatives for going woke. Five, many people will start purposefully yellowing their teeth for a 1960s French indie film look. Six, celebrity superstar Pete Davidson will become a father and settle down in upstate New York. Seven, The creepy clown trend from 2016 will be revived, but this time the U.S. government will offer cash rewards for their severed hands and feet, leading to mass clown hunts across the country. Additionally, clown-like acts such as juggling and riding tiny tricycles will be made punishable by up to five years in federal prison. 8. Canadian rapper Uncle Adams will partner with McDonald's to create a celebrity meal called Unk's Junk. 9. Disney will not renew The Simpsons for season 35, sparking protests in major cities across the Western world. Many of these protests will be brutally suppressed, however, and Dan Castellaneta, voice of Homer Simpson, fearing for his own safety, will eventually flee to Belize. And 10, a darker denim variant of skinny jeans will become popular, but people will annoyingly refer to them as skinnies. (laughs) Oh gosh, some of those predictions, you know, serious and lighthearted as well. Thanks for sharing them. V is writing in, this is a big one. I predict that life will be discovered in the wider solar system. I also predict that a breakaway civilization of industrialists will enact a space, a private space launch from a network of oil rig platforms and begin building a decentralized network state in the resource-rich asteroid belt. Best wishes for the new year. Thank you for your hard work and dedication. So some big predictions there in terms of outer space. I mean, I figure at some point, one day, they'll start getting uh, materials from 
be that asteroids or other planets, and uh, at some point it'll become economically feasible to do such a thing, I figure. An anonymous listener writes, I'm currently in the elementary education program at Colorado University in Boulder. Thinking about teachers and the shortage of teachers in the country currently, I'm predicting that there will be a huge increase in demand for trained teachers, resulting in a big pay increase and a betterment of conditions. Thanks, I always enjoy the show, especially the prediction episodes from an anonymous listener. So thank you for your prediction there. And I just want to wish you the best of luck, not only with the education program that you're in, but once you get through it and hopefully go to the field, I mean it when I say it, I wish you the best of luck. I see horror story after horror story about the state that some of the education system is in these days. Oftentimes you have deplorable behaviors from the students, even from some of the staff. The quality of everything is plummeting, drastically so it seems. It's such an important thing, and I feel like it's one of the only ways when you see a lot of problems in society, you think, how could things get better? It's not the end-all solution, it's not going to fix everything, but it's a big step in the right direction if education were taken more seriously by the government, by the staff, and by the students themselves, and some of these are factors that can directly, I think, change, and one could even have a personal impact on. There's others you just hope it would all come together. But even if it's just on a, what winds up being a local level, just for your community, if you get into the field, I think it's a serious profession that needs to be treated thusly, Despite my lack of optimism, I feel that if it were ever done right on a large scale, it's one of the only ways out of the mess. But even if it's just on that local level, I think that a good teacher can have a lifelong impact for the better. And even if it's only on a local level, You are making the world a better place, and it has to start somewhere. So I wish you the best of luck. Do the best that you can, and be the best that you can for today's youth. Thank you for writing. A few more short predictions coming in from an anonymous listener. Both political, geopolitical, as well as uh, reflective of society. 11 predictions. Let's get to them. 1. Cowboys win the Super Bowl. 2. Ron DeSantis is the Republican nominee for president. 3. Donald Trump endorses DeSantis and is named U.S. Ambassador to the U.N. 4. Ukraine ends as a country. Gets split between Russia and Poland, and Moldova. 
Going along with that, prediction five, Zelensky is given political asylum in the U.S. Six, Biden announces he will not seek re-election due to health concerns. Seven, Mercedes W14 wins the F1 championship. Eight, Lewis Hamilton wins eighth title and retires. Nine, Arsenal implode and finish fifth in the EPL. 10. Argentina, Egypt, Saudi Arabia, and Iran join BRICS. And 11. Microsoft releases AI-based search engine with OpenAI. So some interesting predictions there. Interesting viewpoint about how you think the situation in Ukraine will play out. Was also interesting how we can see we have a directly conflicting series of predictions regarding Biden and uh, where the re-election situation stands. As for the uh, Republican nomination, there's been a lot of talk and a lot of speculation as to what uh, the plans are in terms of nominee, etc. But a lot of people look at DeSantis and they say, look at the result of the 2022 Florida gubernatorial election, especially comparing it to 2018. In 2018, DeSantis squeaked by. He defeated Andrew Gillum by just, uh, I think it was maybe, I don't even think it was 50,000 votes. It might have been 20, 30,000 votes out of millions and millions of ballots cast. Then, in 2022... DeSantis wins against Charlie Crist by over 20 points and 1.5 million votes, including flipping a lot of urban areas such as Miami, Tampa, Jacksonville, and came quite close to flipping Orlando. And a lot of people say look at that result, and let that speak for itself. So we'll see where things go next year. This year, it'll be interesting. This next prediction for the broadcast comes in from a listener who goes by the name That Dude, who says, My prediction for 2023 is a personal prediction. I'll be going on a mission trip to Romania soon. Lord willing, all will go well. I plan on winning more people to Jesus Christ than I can count. I also have a question for you. So first and foremost, uh, the prediction there, heading over to Romania, again for some missionary work. And the question you ask What is the time between receiving the food and making the video for your reviews? Do you set up immediately or reheat the item? Uh, So thank you, that dude, for your question and your prediction. To quickly answer the question, since uh, this is mostly focused on the predictions, but I'll answer the question no problem, I review the food right away. When I get it delivered, during the time between... When I place the order, and when I get the food, 
I spend that time very active, and that's when I set up the scene. I have a number of lights that go behind the camera. I have about four different lights. I make sure that that's all set up. I make sure I have some water, my little tablecloth, my napkins, or uh, whatever it might be, a little cloth to, to uh, wipe my hands, plate. I make sure that I have some makeup on and that my hair is arranged, etc. So I use all that to get ready. So by the time the food arrives, I'm all good to go. I immediately walk over to the camera, put the food down, I press record, and off to the races I go. So that's what I do. It's not like the food arrives and then I get everything set up. I, I review it immediately upon receiving it, just as an individual who orders delivery would more often than not begin immediately uh, consuming the meal. That's exactly what I do. So uh, that's my approach. Thank you for your question. Orticus writes, I predict Review Bra will bring, will bring back the average day video in 2023. Thank you for your prediction there, a YouTube-related one. Curran is writing in, I'd like to think that 2023 will be the year that, in general, the Western world will begin to experience a general fatigue from the mobile devices and related technologies. Perhaps a large drop-off in social media usage will occur, and a resurgence in more tangible activities. I know this is something I've experienced in the past year, and I'm sure I'm not the only one. Either that, or the complete opposite will happen. Love the podcast and the broadcasts. Thank you, Curran. Checking in with a prediction. We will see what direction things go. You know, personally, the more I look at social media, I see what gets propagated on it in the mainstream. I see what's glorified. I see the, really, the addiction that it's caused in so many people. I just don't see very many good qualities in it. Of course there are some, but it's one of those things where, in my opinion, I think a lot of the drawbacks outweigh the benefits. Quite frankly, even though it's my livelihood, if people take that route and it were to impact me, I will take the loss because at the very least I can know maybe this will lead to the world and society getting a little bit better. And that, quite frankly, is more than I could ever ask. We will see, but uh, I know that social media is a very powerful thing. The call that it gives people to keep coming back, irresistible it is for many. But time will tell, and we will see what happens. Chris, in Bruce Peninsula, Ontario, Canada. In 2023, I predict we will see the proposal for a switch to a purely digital currency in one of the major Western nations. My personal views are that this would be terrible for the future course of humanity, but it seems like a predictable step for the timeline we're on as a planet. What a mess. 
Hope the new year will see you in good health and all over the short waves. Thank you. Chris, Bruce Peninsula, Ontario, Canada. Checking in. Yeah, I, I feel the same way that you do, Chris. I am... Um, I don't have a good feeling about digital currency. I think in the last year we've all seen what's happened to cryptocurrency and uh, the volatility that it has. I don't like that to begin with. It's, it would be, I think, on very, very unstable footing. But secondly, I could just see the introduction of a digital currency. I just don't have a good feeling about it. I wish I could more articulately express why I don't have a good feeling, but it's just one of those things that I think it's too volatile. I think it's too easy to exploit, and I think that a lot of problems can arise from it. It might start off as one thing, but with time, what will it transform to? I, I just see... I don't have a good feeling. That's all that I could say. I think we're much better off to stick with what we have at this point. It might not be perfect, but I think it's very likely better than the alternative. So that's my thought. Hopefully it won't go that way, but, well, things do look like they're headed in that direction, no doubt. No doubt in my mind. Anonymous listener writes in with some short predictions, just kind of listing the bullet points here. Prediction one, oil market instability. Two, produce inflation slash quality control news events. Three, COVID deaths continue to trend toward the young and elderly. Four, Elon Musk has a public breakdown and admits to considering suicide. The situation is greeted with ridicule from the public. Five, this one, well, here it goes. Kanye West begins the process of converting to Judaism. <laughs> Who's to say there Kanye West is known for, well, how he is? It would not surprise me should that happen. And two other predictions, Russia withdrawals from or three other predictions, Russia withdrawals from Ukraine by fall. Anti-lawn goes mainstream, and drought-resistant ornamentation becomes a hot target for theft and vandalism. And the final prediction, tsunami. No location given there, but... Yeah, tsunamis, that's terrifying stuff, and... I know that it's been... A while since there were major, very destructive tsunamis. I think the most recent really bad tsunami was the 2011 Japan tsunami. Before that, the 2004 tsunami. I hope one doesn't happen, but at some point another bad one is bound to. It's just merely the nature of the way this world is. Thank you for your predictions.
This next one comes in from John in Illinois, who writes, A few predictions. The U.S. will experience a major interruption to the power grid. Millions will be without power for a few days. Nuclear weapons will be used on some part of the planet. A cryptid, which has long been rumored to exist, will be discovered and studied by the mainstream scientific community. A major world leader will experience an illness or some other reason that they cannot continue to serve in office. And a new leader will be appointed... A new challenger for the office of the presidency will emerge in America on the democratic side of things. They will be largely unknown, however, they will gain popularity very quickly. The Twitter platform will be largely abandoned by the majority of users. And the cryptocurrency market will collapse. Take care from John in Illinois. Some interesting predictions there, some good and some bad. Most of those predictions seem, uh, to me anyway, pretty reasonable, and uh, we will have to see what happens. I certainly hope that nuclear weapons don't get used, but we will see what happens. Patrick from Florida checking in. First, I believe AI writing will get its first serious public debate, and a cheating scandal may be encountered. In your last show, you discussed the merits and dangers of AI art, and you compared the issue to AI uh, truck driving in an interesting way, warning that the technology may cost jobs. But AI writing not only has the ability to take jobs, but the ability to allow some individuals to misrepresent themselves and earn jobs that they do not deserve. As a teacher, I know student plagiarism can be remarkably unsophisticated. I've seen students copy Wikipedia articles, blue links, and all. What will happen when students learn they can auto-generate essays with impunity? Will anyone figure out how to check out whether essays were AI-generated? Will it become a tool educators use with student editions? I'm wondering how you think that will play out. Second prediction is that we will see the first deepfakes that are mistaken for something real and newsworthy. The deepfake story feels like a case of the boy who cried wolf. We have all seen this danger from a way off, so it's easy to dismiss it, even as it really looms closer. I've seen fakes done for a cheap joke that, if the content wasn't obviously satire, might have misled me. It will be a strange world when even direct video evidence will face serious doubt. Thank you again for your fantastic programs. I wish you and yours a great 2023. So thank you, Patrick from Florida, checking in. Two predictions there. As I mentioned uh, to another listener who is also an educator, uh, just hang in there. And uh, like I said, I I really wish you the best as well. Education in... uh, in a world that, in my pessimistic opinion anyway, is going to hell. It's getting to a point where it's the last line of uh, any hope at this point. Just do the best you can, and thank you in this day and age for 
stepping up to the plate and uh, putting your best foot forward in all of this. A few predictions from listener in India. Random predictions. The new British Prime Minister, just like the recent ones, will be made to resign. Ariana Grande will release a new album. Amazon getting cancelled. No other COVID wave in India. Some hackers are again going to prove their dexterity by helping students cheat in a college entrance exam. More electric vehicles. And a personal prediction, I will be in college. Yay! With a bunch of exclamation points. I hope... Thank you, number one, for sending in those predictions. I hope your personal prediction comes true. And I find it interesting uh, to see that you also expressed some concern, at least in terms of the education system and uh, the manipulation thereof. That seems to be a concern that's on a lot of people's minds. Thank you for writing in. G in Kansas sending in a prediction. These intermittent episodes have provided me great reprieve from my usual stressors during long commutes between work and school, a sentiment undoubtedly shared by many of your listeners, but it's my turn to say it. I started tuning in around the time the 2022 predictions had rolled out. It had come and passed by the time I had listened to it, but I reckon it's my civic duty to report my predictions, this year bearing no excuse. Two predictions I'd like to share. The first is a hopeful assumption that the U.S. government will do something about the current state of the pharmaceutical industry. Retail pharmacies like Walgreens, CVS, and Rite Aid get a serious kick over understaffing and underpaying every employee they hire behind the counter, which results in an unfortunate, vicious cycle wherein many Americans have to wait untenable amounts of time for life-saving medication, while the workers that are desperate enough to work there are subjected to all forms of abuse. Medical insurance companies are being bought or created by these pharmacy chains, so that they'll only cover life-saving medications at the specific retail pharmacy, despite patients' needs or wants. There are more examples, but the point is, I believe something will be done about these practices soon. The second is that the rise of children and teenagers being raised with unrestricted access to the internet will continue to introduce more socially depraved members of society, Anecdotally, most of my friends growing up were, quote, raised by the internet, unquote, so to speak, and they now all have unhealthy or radical obsessions with media, politics, any amount of private matters, pornography, etc. All I could say is that it'll be a cold day in hell when the average 20-somethings stop speaking like they're arguing on Twitter. Thanks again for the show, and I hope I'll be alive and kicking for the 2024 predictions episode. All the best from G. So thank you, G, checking in. Yeah, we'll see what if the government does anything, and sometimes, as we know, 
Regardless of administration or politics, one thing that the government is good at is uh, lip service. They'll say they'll do something, but will they actually put their money where their mouth is, right? That's the question, but hopefully uh, if action is taken, then it's action that would be followed through with. Now, secondly, I share the same concerns that you do. In that regard, I have no optimism. I wish I did, but I don't. We will see what happens, but uh, I figure we've got a ways more to go before anything gets any better, but that's just me. We have a prediction coming in from an anonymous listener who writes, I hope the holidays are treating you well. My predictions for 2023 are as follows. The division between political stance, race, age, and other differences will continue to grow. Unfortunately, the COVID vaccine will continue to be pushed despite a lack of clear evidence, and new trials will begin to prove efficacy for various other vaccines and prevention methods. Many more corruptions will be exposed worldwide. New findings through Twitter and other platforms will reveal continued deception. There will be some new stream of celebrities gaining popularity. People will continue being distracted by their mobile devices, and driving will continue to be less safe. What I wish, however, is that the world could become more peaceful. As a society, we learn to love the people we will encounter in our daily activities, accepting other differences, gaining understanding of why we are the way that we are, new laws uh, to be placed to prevent injustice in any capacity, politicians would be honest, celebrities would no longer be idolized, Instead, integrity, honesty, empathy, and compassion would be valued by the masses. On a personal level, I will obtain and hopefully learn to properly use my very own shortwave radio. I will continue to work out and get fit, eat healthier, not as a New Year's resolution, but as a general goal find a good job, relocate, and start a better life. So that's from an anonymous listener there. Some 2023 predictions, both on a personal note, as well as in regards to society and the world in general. Yeah, you know, it's... Well, the world seems to function as it does. Honesty in politics, idolization of many celebrities and the values you expressed, integrity, honesty, empathy, and compassion. If uh, people could suddenly make these changes and uh, value these things more than they are at this point in time, uh, indeed a lot of problems that we face in society would mysteriously disappear. As a previous writer included, I see this too. I see just what gets propagated and 
perpetuated and idolized and in some cases fetishized through modern social media. And a lot of it is not good, and I just can't see it leading to anything good. But it would be nice to see a world where these values would have more weight placed thereon than they presently do. Thank you for writing in. Another anonymous listener checks in. Predictions by category. Atlantic event. An Atlantic event will affect the west coast of Ireland next year. House prices. The rate at which house prices increase will slow, but they still will go up. Asteroid. An asteroid will be too close to comfort. Trump's health. There will be a severe health warning for former U.S. President Donald Trump. Connectivity and the Internet. The Internet will suffer a global outage. Concluding the message, my crystal ball never lies. That's a bold statement to make, and I suppose 2023, well, this year has yet to be written, so we will see what happens. I mean, the one thing, you know, well, at least it seems as though, at least with your prediction, the asteroid might not impact, but still too close for comfort. That is a very realistic risk, though, and obviously at some point, just knowing the odds, uh, there is going to be that time where that massive impact does happen one of these days. It's, It's a guarantee. I mean, there have been major impacts to Earth, even in recent times. For a while, I didn't realize just how bad the Tunguska event actually was. And it's the fact that it happened in the early 1900s in an extremely remote part of Russia that there were very few witnesses and uh, there was very limited impact, at least to human populations. But it certainly flattened all those trees and There wasn't a formal investigation even to the site of the impact until a decade later. Can you believe that? But that's how it was. They didn't check it out till the 20s. And it happened, I think, in 1911, I believe it was. I'm just going off the top of my head. Let me see. I want to get the date right. No, it was 1908. But it wasn't investigated, I know, until the 1920s. And that's when those pictures were taken that showed all of those trees completely flattened for miles. A lot of those famous pictures were taken in 1927 or so. That's almost 20 years after it happened. Now ask yourself this. I think they believe that it was an airburst explosion, which is why they didn't really find any sort of deposit. But if you think about it this way, think about the force that it would have taken to just knock down those forests 
completely like that. How enormously powerful that would have to be. Now imagine if that happened over New York City instead of rural, remote Siberia. I was I was researching this. I was thinking, well, what would have happened? Forget it. The city would have been leveled. It would have been like nuking New York City. So I didn't realize just how powerful that was. But again, it was because it happened in such a remote area that it had almost no witnesses. I mean, people have heard about it, but it doesn't really get as much attention as it ought to. Because, wow, that would have been... If, again, if it hit a populated area, cataclysmic would have been an unpre- unprecedented disaster. But this is just the nature of the universe. It's just how it is. Though, be very thankful for some of the planets in the solar system, especially Jupiter. If it weren't for that, there would be a whole lot more things like this happening, and humanity probably would not exist right now. Trav in New York writes, I believe that it has been about two years since my first write-in. I'm honored to once again be in the presence of a fast-food connoisseur such as yourself. To interject, you're too kind (laughs) to continue. Uh, I have for you a pretty short and generalized prediction for the year 2023. I believe that we will see the continued weakening of both Russia on the geopolitical stage, as well as President Putin. I understand that the media is questioning Putin's health, and I foresee that it will only continue to decline from here. Some might say this is too much of an optimistic prediction, but I think that Russia is truly on its way out once again. They will most likely go out kicking and screaming nonetheless. Thank you for all that you do. You are a beam of light in this ever-darkening world. Thank you, Trav in New York, for your prediction and for your kind words. Jeremy is checking in with the next prediction. My prediction for 2023 is that artificial intelligence will have a huge spike in usage and be weaved in across all platforms, products, and services in the coming months. Healthcare services will replace most workers with machine learning-based AI that will diagnose most patients without the need for any human interaction. In education, teachers will begin to be replaced by technology that can create and replace virtual and replicate virtual assistance to a large amount of students without the need for actual real educators. Tech companies will begin to produce sophisticated relationship AI bots that allow for the complete customization of a perfect partner, friend, or family member. These AI bots will be so sophisticated that they could detect your mood or desires and act accordingly. People will become too attached to their AI, forego human interaction, 
and as a result, population numbers will begin to decline across the world. In the food industry, companies will shift away from human workers and more customer self-service type business. I think you will maybe see one or two workers per restaurant to mainly oversee the operation and that's it. No need for customer service or waitering slash busing. Anyway, it'll be interesting to see where the use of AI trends uh, to in 2023 and beyond and what people's responses are to it, welcome or unwelcome. Thanks for a great show. Hope you have a great 2023 ahead of you. Thank you, Jeremy. It's interesting to see that a lot of uh, predictions are AI-focused, but that does make sense. I think that's something that a lot of people are thinking about when we think about the future. So that's interesting. Definitely uh, your prediction, I would describe as a, well, based on my definition anyway, some drastic changes in regards to AI and its uh, prevalence and prominence in society. So that's going to be interesting. Your uh, one prediction, I remember, reminds me of a movie that I had to watch back in, uh, I think it was 2013 or 2014, I want to say that it was. It was the movie called Her, where the guy falls in love with this AI uh, companion, I suppose. Kind of reminds me of that. Interesting predictions. Thank you, Jeremy. This listener said specifically, call me Easy Money. So Easy Money, checking in. My predictions are as follows. Something will happen to Biden, and Kamala Harris will be the first female black president within the year. My second prediction is that the grid will go down and when the grid come back up, we will have to sign it to gain authorization to use the get on and use the internet. And third, the economy will collapse and we will have to use cash apps and digital wallets to acquire things. <laughs> Thank you for your predictions. God, the second one, don't give, don't give them any ideas. But uh, uh, honestly, if, if that were to happen, you know, a lot of people, they'll just go with it. That's the way it is. I could, you know, I realistically could see that happening one of these days. <laughs> Isn't that something? Easy money. Checking in with a few predictions, including economic collapse. Paul writes in, I'm nearly certain for 2023 that a very large building will accidentally fall down. No one will be hurt except Keith Richards, who will perish. Other than that, most things will go pretty great. So a prediction there, very specific one from Paul. I suppose with your prediction, Keith Richards, wrong place at the wrong time, I imagine. This is an interesting one. It comes in from Matt in Tampa, Florida. And his prediction reads, My prediction for 2023 is that we will begin to see a lifestyle movement form against social media. For the first time in the 10 years or so since social media has pretty much taken over our culture, 
young people will start to reject it in favor of a more grounded approach to life and in favor of real-life activities instead. This will not be en masse, but will instead be a noticeable countercurrent to the prevailing culture. It may take the form of an organized day to delete certain social media accounts, a hashtag, somewhat ironic, a shift in dating culture, a return to phone calls in lieu of texting, a rise in camping, or going off the grid in weekends, or something along those lines. It will not be a complete rejection of technology, but rather an attempt by some to return technology to a proper role in their lives instead of being dominated by it. My prediction is not based on any grand revelation data set, but rather just a belief that social media adoption has peaked. I've seen the misguided belief that everyone can become a millionaire influencer start to wane since the early 2020s, and I've noticed all the trouble corporations are having getting people to adopt the metaverse. To me, this means that our culture is beginning a reversion to the mean, and although the exact time frame is hard to guess, I predict 2023 will be the start of it. Matt in Tampa, Florida, with the prediction there. It's, it's interesting to see these varying predictions. I think it's fascinating to see the difference uh, that you have some predictions that think it'll go drastically the other way in terms of everything just ramping up and uh, AI beginning to get into our lives more and more, uh, whereas we have some other predictions, such as yours, that think maybe some people, not everyone, but a certain percentage of the population, will have uh, had enough and will want uh, a break of sorts. I hope for the sake of things, for my own personal preference, if I were to choose, I would certainly uh, prefer a reality in which your prediction is the one that comes to pass. Interesting stuff. Thank you for checking in. This uh, prediction comes in from... uh, Roma, who writes, I've watched your videos for a long time and finally got interested in your podcasts. Your content is very cool, calming and interesting. Reminds me of hanging out with an old friend you never get bored with. And I'm also inspired by your style, too. This last year was strange, difficult, and scary, but I'd like to share my predictions for 2023. Some good predictions. First, I predict that my country, Ukraine, will win the war and everyone will be happy. Second, I predict smiles on faces and tears of happiness, and I hopefully predict people will be kinder this year. Wish you a good 2023, and I hope you achieve all of your goals this year and many good things happen to you. Once again, I love the content. Keep it up from Roma. So thank you for checking in, Uh, specifically in regards to the ongoing war in Ukraine. It's going to be interesting to see how it plays out, and there have been a number of predictions going in all directions here in regards to stalemate, in regards to Ukrainian victory, in regards to Russia turning the tide of things, 
it's going to be interesting and we are going to see with time of course what direction things take admittedly the situation over there has uh, been a surprise to me I-, I thought that it wasn't going to happen at first and once it did i'm not afraid to admit that uh, i thought just based on how the situation looked initially uh, that russia was going to quickly and easily win that just seemed to be how I thought it was going to play out. Uh, but boy, it wound up being very different from that. And this one comes in from Bill in Pennsylvania, near Gettysburg. I predict that the current American government posts the lowest approval rating of any sitting presidential administration in history. I also predict the next leading presidential candidate will emerge out of nowhere, seemingly the way Obama did several years ago. And I predict Trump, Biden, and Clinton will all hold hands and dance together toward the sunlight of the retirement home. So uh, thank you there for your predictions. It's interesting, your second prediction. You're not the first person to uh, mention that. A lot of other people are feeling the same way. They're thinking, will the next big political name just come out of nowhere at some point? I think some other people uh, are feeling that way as well. Because even when you look at the big names on both sides, you hear a lot of people that say, and like I said, I see this on the right and on the left, they say, we need some new faces here. Sick of seeing the same old names for decades and decades. We need uh, change and we need something different. Rather than the same people making another and another and another trip around the block. So it is just interesting personally, whether that happens or not, to see that sentiment. Now you have a couple quick questions and I'll answer them. Uh, You said, how many North American broadcasts are there a week? There are two each week. There are two shows specifically each week. Two new shows, I should mention. And uh, I'll give the frequency and the Eastern time. The good news uh, in your case is that given your location in Pennsylvania, uh, you will be able to get a good signal of them Guaranteed. So that's the good news. So, most of the broadcasts that I do to North America are transmitted out of a station in Nashville, Tennessee, WWCR. The first program is heard every Saturday morning. Now, before I continue, I should mention, I know these hours might be a bit late, but I've been doing them for months, and the results speak for themselves, and that's why, conventionally, people might say, oh, how could, how could that work with these times? But it does. That's, that's all that I could really say. It just, it, it works. So it works for me, anyway. Uh, so to give you the schedule, 
The first broadcast that I do is heard every Saturday morning at the time of 2 a.m. Eastern Time on the frequency of 4840 kHz. I think some people would probably think that is Friday evening, but in Eastern Time, that would be Saturday morning, 2 a.m. Eastern. Now, you might be thinking, all right, I like the show and all, but I mean, 2 a.m.? I get that it's a weekend, but I just, I can't stay up that late, I'm sorry. Well, not a, wor- not a problem, no worries, because that broadcast is repeated. So if you don't want to stay up late, that's no big deal, because you can catch a repeat of that first show a bit later on in the day each Saturday at the time of 6 p.m. Eastern on the frequency of 6115 kHz. So, on Saturdays, the first broadcast, 2 a.m. Eastern, 4840 kHz, that's then repeated, 6 p.m. Eastern, Saturday, 6115 kHz, that's 6115 on the shortwave. That's the first show. The second show is heard every Monday morning. Now this one, everyone's going to think of it as Sunday evening, but technically speaking, it's Monday morning. 12 a.m. Eastern, every Monday morning, on the frequency of 4840 kHz. Now, that time confuses people, so for listeners in Central Time, that would be 11 p.m. Central, Sunday evening, 10 p.m. Mountain, Sunday evening, 9 p.m. Pacific, Sunday evening, uh, that'd be 12 a.m. Eastern, Monday morning, 4840 kHz. So it's the same frequency as that Saturday morning program, and uh, that's the second show. So the two shows that you hear on 4840 are two different shows, so that's when I do what I do. So thank you for asking. If any listeners out there want a broadcast schedule in writing, I'll be happy to provide one. And uh, all you have to do is just send in a request to v-o-r-w-i-n-f-o at gmail.com, and I'll try to give the uh, broadcast schedule for you in writing. Or I should say I'll be happy to give you one. It's really nothing to try. Like I said, I'll be more than happy to. Christy in Houston, Texas, says my 2023 prediction is that there will be more corporate logistical software malfunctions like Southwest Airlines experienced. Although this may sound more like a Y2K prediction, I believe companies other than Southwest are vulnerable to their previously reliable but antiquated software failing to handle modern stresses. Have a stellar new year from... Kirsty, I'm sorry, I got the name wrong at first. Kirsty, with a uh, K-I. So thank you. So thank you for your prediction. Uh, they're in Houston, Texas. You know, I'll actually go as far as to say, even though that this is a government entity we're talking about and not necessarily a corporation, but I would be willing to say you sent that prediction in 
on Friday, December 30th, I would be willing to say you, you, you're already right. Look at what happened with the FAA system. <laughs> there you have it. Very volatile. Absolutely, it is. An anonymous listener sends in a prediction. Been a long time since I've written to the podcast, but I've never stopped listening, and I appreciate everything you do. The show brings me peace in the stressful life I live. As far as your question, what are our predictions for 2023, I predict Biden will be impeached before November because we have so much video evidence of his mental unwellness. It's very possible, though, that he will remain president because of the influence of quote-unquote the man, and I believe Russia may attack the United States. I also believe we are headed for total collapse of the United States government before December 2023. I honestly don't have high hopes for this year, but... Well, honestly, I don't have high hopes for humanity at home. Hope this makes to you, makes it to you in time. Apologize if this is one long run-on sentence, but I'm on the interstate trying to offer a response before it's too late. Give up the great work, so thank you. Anonymous listener checking in there. Uh, some political predictions there are predicting some instability in the White House, possibly society at large. And obviously, if Russia were to attack, then the world at large, because that would have undoubtedly global repercussions. Thank you for your email. Sue Ann is checking in, I said, from Birmingham, Alabama to Ribera, New Mexico. I appreciate your hard work and struggles you go through to create your word craft. Here are my predictions for 2023. The pandemic will linger due to new strains and increasing world travel. Alabama football coach Nick Saban will be replaced due to losses. Tesla stock will continue to fall, and Redfin real estate will be bought out by Amazon. People will continue to cancel online creators for tiny errors, but will overlook real scandals and lack of critical thinking in our political leaders and CEOs. Have a splendid year and cash in on those Legos. So thank you for checking in. That last prediction about how society is, I feel, yeah, you couldn't have said it better, I don't think. It's, isn't, it, isn't it sad? Sometimes I think that... Sometimes I wonder if that's intentional. Because sometimes you have people, be that politically or socially or whatever, you just look at it this way. They have a lot of money, and they have a lot of influence, and they have a lot of resources... And some of those people who have all of those things have done very shady things, I'm sure. But if they have all of these resources at their disposal, what's to stop them from utilizing those resources to uh, distract the public? 
Sometimes I think that it's intentionally done. Maybe. I don't know. Sometimes I just, I have no faith in society to begin with to make the right choice, but sometimes I just feel like it's intentional that people are distracted by things that really are non-issues so that they avoid using any energy or a collective frustration to the things that are actually consequential, right? I don't know, I just feel like some of these people who might be rapists or pedophiles or are just all manner of filth, if they have the ability to prevent people from freaking out and uh, doing something about them and instead say, hey, uh, look look over there, this guy made a, uh, an offensive joke 15 years ago and they'll get people to turn their heads. If they have that ability, ask yourself, why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they exercise that ability? Of course they would. And I believe that they do. You know, sometimes it's nice that uh, some of these people get the hammer put down on him, but stuff that really matters goes unchecked, and it always will. That's my opinion, anyway. I'd like to see it play out differently, but I just don't think justice applies to uh, certain people in certain tiers of society. That's all I can say. If I believed it did, I wouldn't say that. An anonymous listener, hope I'm finding you well. This is uh, one of my rare moments of participation. I think in regard to world affairs, we will get the same as always. <laughs> I'd like to be more specific, but I'm trying not to spread negativity. However, I do think the global climate will shift into a more open and understanding world. For personal predictions, I hope to move abroad in the coming year, or at least make plans to. Been a long-time fan of you. Hope the new year is fruitful and full of things you want to do and be. So thank you for your prediction there. I wish you the best of luck personally. And in terms of world affairs, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it's another year of the same old, same old. It's generally how I see it. <laughs> Uh, what do we have next? Damon in England. I believe we are going to see a resurgence in traditional, in particular physical media and entertainment. It seems that despite the advances in technology, people still have a desire for the old ways. You only need to look at the consumption and production of vinyl records as an example. I think people are also getting fed up with movies being released straight onto streaming services and long for the experience of the cinema. It seems like a while since we have had a strange fad slash trend show up in fashion or popular culture that seems to pop up out of nowhere and disappear just as quickly. Uh, children's shoes with wheels built in comes to mind so perhaps it's worth bracing ourselves for something out of left field. So thank you for your predictions, and uh, you also mentioned it's refreshing to hear this sort of long-form content in modern times. Well, it's my pleasure, and thank you for your predictions there. Yeah, you know, isn't that... It, it is a funny one that you mentioned in terms of the fashion. I remember those shoes. What on earth were they called? 
Was there even a name for them? Was there a standardized name for them, or... Was there, uh... Was it, like, a bunch of competing brands? Let me look this up. Shoes with wheels. They better not show me roller skates, because that's not what they were. Heelys. That's that's what it was. The Heely. <laughs> oh, God, I remember that. Now that's... What is that? Mid-2000s right there. <laughs> Uh, it makes me laugh to think about when, uh, <laughs> oh god, I remember those. I remember the first time I saw one of them. I was at the mall, and I was in the food court. And I remember seeing this, uh, this kid going by, and, uh, he was, he was proud of it. He was proud of his heelies, which... You know, who knows? Maybe there was a shoe store in the mall. Maybe there were brand new Heelys, and, you know, he was, this was his thing. I don't know. But either way, he had those Heely shoes, and my God, he did not hesitate to show them off. He was more or less rolling by with his uh, on his heels than he was walking. You know, occasionally taking a short step for the sake of propulsion, but beyond that, he was wheeling around. And I didn't know what they were at the time, and I looked, and, uh, for lack of a better word, really, I wasn't the vulgar type back then, but I did think, what the hell is he, what is this? What, uh, what on earth am I seeing? I was in shock. Because at the time, I was not aware of the fad. So imagine, you know, you see this guy suddenly with his foot tilted back, just rolling by. It's, you have to do a double take. But then before you know it, that was the, the rage. And everyone of a certain age group, anyway, was uh, using them. I never did. I was, I was concerned about... Number one, it just didn't appeal to me, and I thought it was silly, quite frankly. I just, it was more of a novelty in my mind than anything serious, and I, uh, I was concerned about the potential for injury. I thought, what's, I don't know, it just didn't seem, I also remember there were the sneakers that people would wear that had the little flashing lights on them. Now, mind you, these are, by and large, children's trends, but, uh, Still, there were those two where you'd stomp down and the thing would light up like a police car or something. And Yeah, I don't think you really see those much these days, either of them. <laughs> you know, I can't see there being a time. Are people going to get nostalgic for that? Are they going to sit there and, uh, you know, how... Some people were nostalgic for the good old days of Woodstock and all that. People are going to be sitting there longing to go back to the days of Heelys. I don't know. Thank you for writing in. Hannah in the UK. This prediction is more specific to you here. Hope it's okay. Oh, that's fine to interject. Uh, let's, let's hear it. 
For a bit of context, I am a healthcare professional working in an NHS hospital with a specialism that means I have worked across all adult inpatient wards, and also in the community too. At the moment, with high COVID numbers alongside the existing issues of underfunding and limited resources, the NHS is under extreme pressure. My colleagues who have worked in the NHS for 20 years have said it's the worst they've ever seen it in terms of services being overwhelmed and problems with understaffing. The people you hear saying that our emergency departments are like a war zone are pretty accurate, and I've had referrals to see patients in the corridor because they haven't any beds. My prediction for 2023 is that the NHS will slowly become privatized in an attempt to increase funding and resources, especially if COVID continues and we see more variants. I've heard that the UK government has discussed privatization with the US, and much as I hope I'm wrong, I wouldn't be surprised if we start to hear about the US uh, starting to buy out the NHS. Be interesting to hear your thoughts about this prediction and how the healthcare system is coping in the US. I'd also like to thank you for all the podcasts this year. Earlier this year, I had to drive around four hours a day to see my patients. Listening to you in the car brightened up my long journeys. Hope you have a wonderful new year and a best for 2023. So best wishes to you, Hannah, checking in from the UK. And uh, it certainly sounds like a very stressful and chaotic situation that you're dealing with. Hopefully, even if it seems unlikely, I hope things somehow get sorted out and at least some sort of resolution is uh, achieved. So, you know, with, when it comes down to healthcare in the U.S., I mean, people obviously, the most common thing people talk about is costs, and I think that's something that pretty much everyone will already have an understanding of, and uh, that doesn't really need to be mentioned more than it already is, because again, it's something that gets talked about quite a bit. It's like saying that the, you know, the sky is blue or or what have you. It's like we already we already know that. The, uh, I can't necessarily say that I'm the most qualified person to speak about this because, well, it is what it is. I kind of, if you could see me, I'm kind of shrugging because in the end, it's my prerogative. It's all I could really say. I'm not one to frequent doctors all that much, and uh, that's just the way that I am. Like I said, it's not something that I, uh, I'm i doing unknowingly or that I haven't any awareness of the potential repercussions thereof. I full well know that, and uh, and I've made that choice with that understanding. It's just my life view and uh, all of that, but I, I stress but... If, of course, there are any serious issues and things that I notice, of course, I will, you know, seek the uh, the proper and appropriate uh, treatment. So, for instance, when I had my fall, of course, and hit my head and didn't know how bad off I was at the time, of course, I went straight to the hospital. It's not, it's not one of those things that I'm just going to risk and uh, chance and say, oh, I'm just going to, you know, yeah, I just fell, however however much it was, you know, 12 plus feet and hit hit my head on the concrete. And uh, 
sure, I'm just going to walk it off. It's like, I don't want to risk that. Uh, same thing with my teeth, you know, when I finally drew the line, when they all started shattering and everything, and finally I got that looked into, and, and now I'm pleased to say they're in much better, uh, much better condition. No pain, no discomfort. So that's great. Uh, so obviously if there's something serious, you know, I'll get it looked into, but in the end I'm not perpetually going for a, you know, a checkup and every little thing. And like I said, it is what it is. It's just the choice I made, but that's solely my choice. I'm not going to tell anyone else that you should do anything the same or different. But, based on what I've seen, a lot of the hospitals in the U.S. seem to be a mess. And I'm even talking about before COVID in terms of organization, just a level of, you know, just the abilities and attitudes presented, etc. There's been more than one instance, and like I said, this is long before COVID or any of that. I imagine it's probably worse now. Where uh, I've been to hospitals, and generally speaking, it's, you know, don't expect necessarily prompt or quality treatment. I think some folks go there expecting the world, and they're not going to get it, which uh, is a shame. I don't try to say that out of spite or anything, like, oh, these people are so stupid to think that, you know, I think folks deserve better, but people have an expectation that sadly doesn't get met, based on what I've seen. There have been instances where there was an emergency room in a major hospital in a major city that didn't even have a doctor present. And they had to drag a pediatrician out to uh, start seeing the emergency room patients. I mean, you know, these are people that are going to go there because maybe they suffered some sort of... and they didn't want to take the uh, ambulance, etc., but there's some sort of urgent issue, and to not even have a doctor there, that's uh, concerning. And this wasn't some small-town little hospital. I could count at least three separate instances at three separate hospitals in three separate states where things like that have happened. And people won't believe you. They'll think bullshit. There's no way that a hospital like that would uh, be that way. But, I mean, I witnessed it. I, I experienced it. I know what I saw. I was there to see it, for God's sake. And uh, three separate instances of that, I don't know, that's just telling to me that there are problems. I'm sure that there are going to be instances where that's certainly not the case. But... Uh, you know, there have been more experiences I've had with hospitals and stuff that uh, are more negative than they are positive. Be that understaffing, or you're really wasting your time going there. I shouldn't say it in such harsh a term, but, you know, you don't really do anything, or you're made false promises, or, uh, you know, they just... You show up there, and they've got this attitude, you know, get the hell out of my life sort of thing. Which, I mean, I'd prefer if you just 
maybe just try not to, I don't know, be neutral about it all. You don't have to pretend to care, but to act with downright hostility, it's, uh, I don't know, it is what it is. So, there have been bad experiences that I've had. Now, the one good experience was the most recent time I had been to the hospital, and that was when I mentioned I had uh, my fall. In that case, the attention was immediate, and it was quite extensive. Actually, it was far more extensive than I thought it ever would be. Uh, So that surprised me. But at the same time, perhaps it was the nature of I don't know, I imagine that they have some sort of system where they may prioritize things, where, um, you know, a potentially serious head injury would uh, probably get you in front of someone in line who has a broken finger. I don't know, I don't know how they really do that. But anyway, when I fell, because, you know, for those of you who don't know the context, I mean, I'm sure... You regular listeners have heard the story a million times, but for those of you who haven't, back in late 2019, I was up in the attic, and I remember I had, I was trying to grab something up there, I think it was. I was up there anyway, I don't normally ever go up there, but I had to be. And I was one of those attics with the, you know, the drop ceiling, the it didn't have an actual floor. It had some boards and all of that. But, I, you know, I've done that before. I've been in various attics. And, I, I mean, you know the way it goes. It's maybe not the uh, safest thing to do, but I'm sure many of us have done it. You just walk on the boards and you go on the beams and you crawl around, etc. And you do what you have to do. But anyway, so that's how it was. And... Sure enough, I was walking on the beams, and these beams were rather thin, so they didn't support my entire shoe, more or less, they kind of just supported the middle of it, so my heel and my toe were both over the, the sides of it, and I was starting to head back to the little ladder, a little hatch where I would climb down the ladder and uh, get back to the garage. And as I was walking, I was standing fully upright. I wasn't crouched down or anything. And my foot slipped. Now, it wasn't one of those things where my weight was distributed elsewhere. It's not like I was also holding on to a beam or something like that, and I could just grab onto that or anything. I was upright, unsupported, walking kind of like a balancing act on these beams. Now, some of you may say that was careless. Indeed, it was. But how many times have we been up in attics, and we don't expect something to go uh, go awry, so why would it in that time? See, that's the attitude I had. What? Why would it? It hasn't happened before, so... Uh, I hadn't the expectation. I assumed that I'll have my footing, I'll make it down, and that's that. Same old, same old. Well, 
It obviously didn't turn out that way because my weight was unsupported elsewhere and all my weight and pressure was on my foot. Made the step to the next beam. Foot slipped because there wasn't a lot of beam to uh, go on. Well, when that happened, all my weight is on that foot that now slipped and went to the drop ceiling. And the drop ceiling didn't support my weight and... I'm sure you're all aware that I am not the biggest person in the world, but nonetheless, uh, the drop ceiling still wasn't a match for me. So, I proceeded to fall straight through, and as I fell between the beams, there were a bunch of nails uh, jutting through, and I'm just thankful that I wasn't facing toward the nails because they scraped up my back all the way, like these big wolverine claw marks or something. And like I said, I'm just thankful that they weren't, that I wasn't facing them because otherwise they could have scraped up my face and that could have caused a whole manner of of serious injuries there, right? So anyway, fell through first part that hit the ground was, and I just fell onto a concrete floor, the first part of me that hit the ground was my uh, lower back and tailbone. So that took the main impact. And all of that came extremely close to breaking. Uh, It was very, very, very delicate and heavily bruised and... uh, The repercussions of that are probably lifelong, but it's just something I have to deal with. Uh, I still can't walk like I used to before that, and uh, it's just how it is. It's like before then I used to be able to walk three, four miles. Now I can only walk a mile uh, or less before everything starts locking up and, you know, the pain gets too much, etc. But, uh, you know, it's just part of life. This is just the way it is. Um, Now, the second thing that then hit following that was the back of my head. So, you know, you imagine the tailbone hits and then the head goes back and slams into the concrete. Then jaw slammed shut and, you know, all other things. Now, the good news in that case was someone else was over when that happened. So... I remained on the ground, and 911 was called, and they immediately, they showed up very quickly. I mean, I was actually a bit surprised. I heard the sirens within minutes. It was, it was actually very fast. Um, it was kind of, it was kind of surreal to be laying there and, in shock, and you know you've got the adrenaline, and you're just staring up at the ceiling, and uh, you hear the the distant sirens coming your way, and I was thinking, damn, that's uh, that's for me. But anyway, you know, then they load me up, get me into the ambulance. So they got me to the hospital, and they tended to me, I mean, immediately. They had people waiting there, and uh, they brought me in, and got straight to work. I mean, immediately they had a doctor examining me and uh, assessing everything, and they got me in for various 
scans and tests and all of that. So that was a you know a good experience, not not the fact that I wound up there, but uh, the fact that they're able to tend to me so quickly and so efficiently, and that was uh, and that was good. You know that they're able to uh, give me something for the pain right away which helped, and then they were able to get everything looked at, and they were able to, again, do all the necessary scans, and, and you know, right then and there. So not every experience at the hospital is going to be a bad one. This was a good example of uh, an experience where I was able to receive the prompt treatment that I think a situation where there's so much uncertainty uh, essentially demanded. Because there was a point when looking at my head and some of the physical manifestations, they couldn't tell me that everything was going to be all right. Because some of the signs were there that there may have been a major brain injury. Because, you know, just some of the manifestations uh, that correspond to that were there. They were just unrelated injuries, additional ones. But... Uh, at that point, though, they they couldn't know until they uh, had to do the appropriate tests. So they couldn't tell me. They couldn't say, uh, you are going to be fine. They couldn't say that. So I was left with that very real thought that, uh, yeah, this might kill me. Because I don't know how bad off my head is. I could be bleeding or hemorrhaging from the brain as uh, as I was there as we speak. And... We, we don't know that yet. But in that moment, and I'm sure it's different for everyone, but uh, I accepted it. I, I was... I mean, obviously, you don't want to say that I'm all right with that being my last day or any of that, but I accepted fate, and I accepted that if this is where I die, I mean, look... This is how life is. We're not guaranteed another day. It is what it is. It's going to happen to all of us at some point, and uh, we can't predict how it will happen always. And uh, if this is how it is, it's how it is. I lived a a life where I did more than I ever thought I was going to. Uh, But I accepted it, and I essentially just said... I hand the situation over to fate. If I stick around another day, then that I will. And uh, if this is my time, then that it is. I wasn't scared. I wasn't panicking. I wasn't having some sort of existential crisis. I was in a full acceptance. But eventually, they did the tests. They did them quickly. And uh, that uncertainty was able to be settled, and uh, eventually off I went, and uh, here I am. So, the experiences vary, I understand that, but I just hope that going forward a day comes where there are more experiences in terms of medical care that mirror that one when someone shows up with uh, a serious issue, it's dealt with seriously. That's how it ought to be. 
I went on a tangent, but uh, it was a it was a good thought provoking point that you raised. I feel so. I wanted to, I wanted to mention that. All right, this prediction comes in from an anonymous listener. Uh, some Nostradamus predictions said it's going to be a big year, so get ready. So here goes. This is some, this is some serious stuff. January to June. The war in Ukraine will continue to escalate and involve all of NATO, except Germany, who will not fight. It's likely in this first phase of the war that there is limited nuclear war with UK and the US. This ends the first phase with what is called the false peace. This false peace lasts for 3.5 years, and that's when the US Civil War starts. So that places the U.S. Civil War to start around the July time frame, and the remains of NATO will be in the U.S. to support the feds. This brings us the time of the Antichrist, which will start in June or July of 2023, but it also brings the hero, Henry Selin, from the prophecies, who will be revealed to battle the Antichrist. I looked up that name and I couldn't really find anything, so we'll see. If all of a sudden you start seeing that name everywhere, then I mean that's something that you should start looking for and start rereading and uh, re-listening to these predictions. At the same time, then, Israel and Iran go to war, and Turkey and Greece start their war in the spring. Mass starvation will come during this year, with the loss of crops from 2022 accelerating into 2023 due to above conditions. China will start its Taiwan invasion, which will end all goods traveling to the West. North Korea will invade South Korea at this time as well. And it would also appear to be the year that a great earthquake hits the West Coast of the U.S. sometime in May. Going to be a big year. So thank you for your predictions. Very heavy stuff there. A world at war, and obviously one which would have unparalleled destruction, and if I would have to assume, unparalleled loss of life as well. And uh, I would have to imagine, I don't know if this is something that you calculated with your prediction or not, but I would have to wager that the amount of deaths would be in the billions, right? I can't imagine how it couldn't be when you would have a worldwide conflict like that between so many different uh, parties for so many different reasons. Eric is checking in. Now onto the 2023 predictions. I wanted to share uh, what my co-workers' predictions were. One of my co-workers said that there would be a celebrity death and it would be Ozzy Osbourne. My other co-worker said that they predicted that Joe Biden would pass and Kamala Harris would take over as president. Now, as for my prediction, I believe Elon Musk will be one of the next billionaires to lose a lot of the popularity and support after he crashes Twitter into the ground. <laughs> well, well, all right, I'll read it. What the heck? A more personal prediction that I have is that my best friend Rosie will have grown a third leg due to being a stinky butt face. <laughs> On that note, though, we appreciate you uh, for being you and the hard work you put in. 
I will keep watching and listening to the podcast and videos for as long as you put them out. Take care and have a great 2023. Sincerely, Eric. So thanks for your predictions there, uh, both from you and your co-workers. Ozzy, you know, he's one of those uh, celebrities that a lot of people, sometimes I'll see the question posed occasionally, who's a, you know, who's a public figure or a celebrity that you're amazed is still around? You know, by that I mean still alive. And uh, you get one of two things. Uh, you either get people who will name a centenarian, someone who's of advanced age, and, you know, you're just surprised that the person has the longevity that they have, or you get Ozzy Osbourne. And without question, people say, it's amazing that he's still, <laughs> that he's still around, so we will see. But as of the time of recording this, anyway... Last I checked, and let's do a verification. I'm at the microphone right here, January 16th, 2023. And as of now, Ozzy is still going strong, 74 years of age, and uh, still going, so we will see. But he's still with us. As for Biden, of course, a lot of people have uh, their concerns and reservations. Yeah, we'll just have to see how things play out. Thanks for your prediction there. All right, anonymous listener. My prediction is following. I don't see anything life-changing, such as another pandemic or Hurricane Katrina-type situation. I feel like this coming year will be one of stability and healing from the previous year's scars. The COVID pandemic was a splash of icy water on the face of humanity, as we saw how people will act when entropy threatens our quaint little civilizations. We specifically saw in the retail sectors that people will hoard for themselves first and let everyone fend for themselves, shown aptly with the toilet paper, hand sanitizer, cold medicine shortages. Much of society is beginning to adapt to a post-pandemic mentality with people embracing working from home and wanting to keep their distance from each other. Along with simply accepting government sanctions and the relief they send out to help the sanctions go down smoothly. Now that we as a collective have taken our government-issued medicine, I see a sort of inebriation period coming where things will sort of float along as this adjustment period continues to shape society as we know it. In short, I think there will be some few hems and haws, but I don't really see it as a really passive year of underlying change. Be it good or bad, who can know? So thank you for your prediction. Yeah, you know, I say this just for 2020 in general, because there's a lot, lot of things about that year. COVID being the most prevalent, of course, but uh, many other things as well that, with time... With every day that goes by, the worse and worse I realize 2020 was. You see, it's one of those situations, I think you see it in the immediate moment, right? You see the immediate impact when you're in there in 2020, and then you see the long-term impact. And then this applies to many situations in life. 
kind of with time and uh, separation, you look back on it, and then you might have those thoughts about something. You might think, wow, that was really messed up, right? That was really bad. I mean, it's, it's how I kind of look at 2020 as well. And uh, there's very little good I can say about it. It was such a bad year for, you know, personally, it actually wasn't the worst year for me. I mean, I, I, uh, well, I'm a recluse, so how did the lockdowns and all that really personally impact me? I, I was staying home just as much before COVID even was a thing than I was uh, during or after. So what, how did that change my life any? You know, I stayed in. I mean, some of the worst things, you know, that I still am upset about that impacted me were the, uh, oh, yeah, there's too many to name. I won't go there. Yeah, but I, I do want to mention, since it's pertinent to what you raised, yeah, I remember that. that I remember the, uh, the toilet paper hoarding. It was especially that. You know, you had other shortages, too. I was following all this stuff early on, and, uh, well, back in January, I mentioned this before, that I thought COVID was going to be this, uh, cataclysmic virus that was going to kill, you know, maybe even a billion or more people, and it would be perhaps a society collapsing event that everyone around you is going to start dropping dead or becoming incapacitated. And I prepared accordingly. Because you see the Chinese, at this point, I think, were largely PSYOP videos because you didn't see this stuff anywhere else in the world. So how can I not see that any other way at this point? You just have to be careful. This doesn't just go... This I just say that because this is where it originated. Uh, but you'll see cases like this with other situations from other places. Be wary of the media that you see, be that official or independent, and uh, just try to verify what you can, or ask why am I being shown this so much. But, you know, you had these videos from China portraying everyone dying in the streets, and if it were something that were actually that bad, then how could society function when every other person is dying, literally? That was the impression given. That you almost think it's like a nerve agent or something and everyone's just dying from exposure immediately. So if people are just going about their business and then everyone's dropping dead, then you have to prepare that the world is not going to be able to function, at least for a while. So back in January, before you know most people knew what it was, I already got all my everything I needed for a while, and, uh, the toilet paper, just a, a standard amount. So I didn't go to the stores when any of that craziness was happening, but it makes me wonder, you know, those people that were fighting over the toilet paper and stuff, what, I mean, where where are they now? Do they do they think back? 
to it? I mean, do they think back to... Do they have regret? Do they think that was a hard-fought roll of toilet paper right there? And I mean, did they... Did they relish in it while they were cleaning up after themselves? Did they sit there thinking, yeah, blood was shed over this roll, and I'm I'm proud of it. I earned this toilet paper. I don't, or, you know, do they prefer not to think about it? I mean, were lessons learned, and are some folks more civil as a result, or, uh, I don't know. I don't know. If you were one of those people that got swept up in the toilet paper craze. You know, you don't have to, uh, you can be anonymous. I'll keep you anonymous. You see all the listeners that I keep anonymous in this broadcast. But I'm genuinely curious if you were one of those people. I mean, just explain to me the why, you know, what the thought process purely at the time was. Because now when you have insight, you could say, oh, it was ridiculous that I, I, I just want to hear what did you think was going to happen? What, what do you think was going to happen if I didn't get that toilet paper, right? That, that led you to uh, take the course of action which you did. Because, I mean, it was a real phenomena, as was other hoarding, but the toilet paper especially. And at the time, I remember I was on the shortwave and I was, I was asking for listener responses. I was saying, look, if you were at the store and you were one of those people, I said this back in 2020 a few times, if you're one of those people, I just want to know why. What, um, what was your rationale? And most of the responses that came in were people who were saying, I don't, I have no idea. I wasn't one of those people, but I'm curious too. There were very few people, very few, who uh, actually were part of the toilet paper hoarding camp. The only real genuine response was, a, was a, I remember a guy who wrote in and said that he did it because everyone else was doing it. He thought, if everyone else I know is getting toilet paper, then I guess I should too. He said he didn't get an excessive amount, but he did go to the store purely for the purpose of getting toilet paper because everyone he knew was getting some, so he had to... He thought, I guess if they're all doing it, then uh, I guess I have a good reason to do it too. Maybe that's the most accurate one, though, but I'm just curious. We need, we need more responses to, uh, to verify. But like I said, heck, if it... Unless you specifically request it, I'll preface this by saying that if you're one of those folks, I am not going to keep a name to this. You will be anonymous unless you express in writing, refer to me as so-and-so from so-and-so, or whatever. But if you don't, then you will be anonymous. But I'll ask this again a few years later, just why? Uh, I'm not going to hold it against you. It's just out of curiosity. It's just a genuine... I was curious about it then, and I'm still curious about it now. It's one of the only non-spiteful, pessimistic things I could even say about that year. So... If you have an experience, send it in. I'll read it in the next show. V-O-R-W-I-N-F-O at gmail.com. That's how you can reach me. All right, we got this prediction coming in from an anonymous listener. I mention anyone who doesn't... 
outright give their name as to how they want to be addressed. I just, I'll keep you anonymous by default. That's just the most respectful thing to do, I feel. Now, prefacing this, you mentioned warning, very negative. So that's the warning there. I believe that Ukraine will fall to Russian control. Russia will take over the entirety of Ukraine, not just a portion. This will cause great uproar and a strong negative outlook on Biden's presidency. People will ask why we didn't do more, and we'll see many Trump supporters claim that it would never happen if Trump were still in office. This will lead to higher approval of the former president and increase his 2024 re-election chances. I don't support either political side, but I only make this prediction by what I am currently witnessing, and perhaps also watching too much Jack Ryan. God bless you, Review Bra, and all of your listeners, so thank you for your prediction there. That's an interesting one, and I mean, we will see what, uh, what the plans are for Ukraine. Russia certainly seems like they're in it for the long run. And then we have to see, are the aspirations merely for the Donbass and uh, really the the uh, whole Novorossiya region, right, which would encompass a lot of uh, uh, southern and eastern Ukraine. So specifically, right, we'd be talking about the oblasts of uh, Zaporizhia, Kherson, Mykolaiv, and Kharkiv at a minimum. I mean, perhaps, you know, Dnipro and uh, Odessa would get thrown in there as well. But would it be that? Would it just be Donetsk and Luhansk? Would it be the entirety of Ukraine? I think a lot of that will also come down to Belarusian involvement, and if Russia decides to open up a northern front again. And, uh, in terms of what the casualties and all of that are on the Ukrainian side as well. Because we don't really know. That's the truth. We just don't know. There's claims all over the place, and you're never going to get a straight answer. But one thing you got to remember, what what good is it to have all the equipment in the world if there's no one around to operate that equipment? So that's that's something to keep in mind. Uh, Russia's approach right now seems to be long-range strikes, more so than territorial advances. I think whether people will admit it or not, I I do believe, just based on what I see in the news each day, the long-range strikes uh, do have a degree of efficacy. You see this with the, the power situation in Ukraine. The strikes were as useless as some people say they are. I don't think the, the power issues and the power grid would be uh, at this level of instability there. I know a lot of people don't want to give Russia any sort of credit, but I think that's just the reality of the situation. But then, you know, going forward, what... I, I don't know. I don't know what direction it'll take. I will say, though, if your prediction comes to pass, let's say that, as some people have theorized, and this is... I stress the word theorized... It's very important that I say that, that Russia has been fighting this and says, you haven't seen anything yet, now we're going to ramp it up. 
and all of a sudden, they dial it up to 11, and now they've got hundreds of thousands of more troops coming across the borders. They've got Belarus involved. Things just come to life on, on their end, and uh, Ukraine is captured in its entirety. Can you imagine how unbelievably immense the political fallout would be in the U.S. You're damn right it would, um, it would have, it would have, I, I think anyway, not, it wouldn't just be a problem for the Democrats, because we know that there have been folks on both sides, on the right as well, like you have Mitch McConnell. He is extremely, extremely all in on, uh, supporting the government of Ukraine. I think more so than even uh, some folks on the left are. So you have folks like Mitch McConnell in the Senate, and then you have uh, folks like Dan Crenshaw in the House of Representatives. They would suffer immense fallout as well, as would, of course, the Biden administration. And anyone hoping for a shot in 2024, obviously Trump, but uh, anyone else who throws their hat in the ring as well will uh, probably have the same criticisms and they'll say, oh, we did all this. They'll either probably go one of two routes. They'd say, we did all this for nothing and uh, think about all the money that we sent over there and what it could have done for this country instead. Right, they would use that as a talking point. Or they could also go go the other way and they could say, you know, it's never would have happened uh, under me. Or if I were in charge, I would have done more and I would have made sure that they didn't lose, right? There's a lot of different approaches that could be taken there, all of which could be seen by the public as legitimate uh, lines of attack. Either way, though, it would be a huge, huge a problem for the administration and any politician who really took that big stand, and uh, there'd be a lot of explaining to do, as you mentioned. But we will see. A lot of people predict that it'll be a stalemate or, you know, be very slow going, but uh, we just don't know. As we've seen, there's been a lot that has taken everyone, regardless of your position on this, whether you're pro-Ukrainian, pro-Russian, whether you're neutral, etc., that's taken us all off guard. So negative they, they, they may be perceived. I think it's an interesting prediction nonetheless, and uh, one that certainly needs to be looked at, considering the volatile nature of the situation. Here's a prediction coming in from Stephen, who writes, My thought is simple. I think there will be, and already is the, the faintest beginning, of a backlash to this bland, cookie-cutter, corporate brand of what is deemed acceptable artistic endeavors. I think artists will once again take hold of their crafts and not let corporations dictate what is acceptable art. Art is supposed to be, and ironically, an English teacher once told me this, uh, as you are someone 
who's very experienced in broadcasting, a transmitter for where the culture is currently at. I see this in the community I participate in on Instagram. The people I follow and who in turn follow me are all creators of the purest sense, however large or small they are. Even if they only have one follower, they wish to share a piece of their heart with the world, as an artist does. The community I am part of on there does not care about algorithms, nor do they care about displaying to the world the kind of life they want to live. It's only about creating. I am seeing this not only in the community I am a part of, but across the board. I believe this is vastly different to three or four years ago, where social media was nothing but uh, keeping up with the Joneses, so to speak, at least from my point of view. Truly believe we are at the beginning of an art and music renaissance. The pendulum effect is at hand now, and I am seeing it in real time on a super corporate platform like Instagram, the beginnings of the abandonment of committee-proved culture are happening now, and I think we will see a stronger resurgence of creativity and contributions to the arts in 2023. So thank you, Stephen, checking in there. Uh, Some optimistic predictions in regards to uh, the world of art there, and it's certainly nice to hear uh, that outlook, you know, compared to what some people just say about AI and, and all of that. That would be nice to see, and I certainly hope that your prediction does come to pass. Thanks for checking in. Mike in Phoenix, Arizona is sending in the next prediction. Can't believe it's been another year already. I remember you reading my follow-up to 2021 predictions at the end of last year, as I elected to not give 2022 predictions. Anyway... 2022 ended up being a great year for me, once again. Once we made it through the nasty Omicron COVID wave, and I'm feeling a bit more optimistic, even if some of my predictions are a bit doom and gloom, so here goes for 2023. All right. Seven predictions, let's just get to them in order. On the sports side of things... The University of Kansas Jayhawks basketball team will win the national championship for basketball, repeating 2022's championship. The University of Kansas Jayhawks football team will return to a bowl game after the 2023 season. Now, on to an economic note. Corporate greed will continue to exert its pressure on everyday life as it continues to drive inflation to record levels, and with that, record profits. America continues its tumble into late-stage capitalism, with wealth inequality growing even more, with more Americans ending 2023 in poverty than there are at the start of 2023. Geopolitically, Ukraine will continue its success in the defense of its homeland and win back major regions and cities throughout the year. In Russia, Vladimir Putin will either mysteriously disappear or pass away in 2023, 
which will lead to the end of the Russian invasion maybe in 2024, and the return of all Ukrainian territory, including Crimea, to Ukraine. And on a personal note, I will earn my instrument rating, a pilot rating to allow me to fly in clouds, among other things. Wish you continued happiness, health, and success in 2023 for you. All the best from Mike in Phoenix. So thank you, Mike. It's good to hear from you. I know you've been at least uh, regularly sending in predictions. Well, I remember your 2021 prediction. I actually remember I remember recording that. I remember your predictions for that and the follow-up uh, also. So it's nice to hear from you. Glad you're still with the show. And uh, no matter what, I wish you the best in regards to your personal prediction. And uh, I hope you're able to uh, to earn that. And uh, you're able to get up there into the, into the clouds. So I wish you the best. I hope everything goes smoothly on your end. We have a prediction uh, coming in from Joanne in San Diego, California. My fear slash prediction for the new year is that here in California there will be a double whammy of natural disasters, major wildfire and a big earthquake at the same time. Best I could hope for in such an instance is that I'm at the epicenter and am instantly annihilated. Thanks and take care. So thank you for your prediction. Hopefully that won't come to pass, but I I mean, I understand. I'm, I don't know, for some reason, something about 2023 got me thinking about earthquakes. But I understand the sentiment, though. It's, I certainly get it. If something were to happen and you would either be guaranteed enormous, enormous suffering, right? Unbelievable pain and strife, or a quick end. A lot of people might not admit it, but one, I think, certainly sounds more appealing to the other as well. It's how I see it anyway. I I get where you're coming from. All right, this one comes in from an anonymous listener. 2023 prediction. We'll finally get a grip on this coronavirus. Someone will be the voice of reason and people will mask up or social distance while a sure thing cure is around the corner. I have no idea what they'll say, but in the long run, it'll help people realize we really should be united in this battle and divided over more trivial things than the health of others. People will stop doubting the vaccine. Conspiracy theorists on that matter will find something else. Rob Schneider will make Deuce Bigelow retirement home gigolo. The movie won't do well. He will double down on giving out unwanted medical advice on social media until he's cast in the next Sandler flick. People will call him a hack, and he will retaliate, inadvertently offending people by making a joke that he, quote, identifies as an actor slash comedian, unquote, leading to him being banned 
not before announcing that he will be rejecting Hollywood, do some soul-searching and finds former comedian Owen Benjamin. They'll form a comedy duo that people will slowly warm up to until Schneider crosses Owen Benjamin and they'll split, angrily mocking each other in their respective platforms. This will take an entirety of 2023. I feel like we'll lose Whoopi Goldberg or one of the Osbournes. Review Bra will try something new, something unexpected. He will either give his fans a tour of his swanky pad, showing off his furniture and prized collection, or he'll show off his culinary skills. The fans will react positively. Uh, I'd love to be anonymous if this makes the cut. Hope it gave you a chuckle either way. Have an excellent 2023. You as well. And uh, indeed, I, I did find your prediction to be amusing. And that I will say on the entertainment side of things, your prediction is so, so specific that if it does come to pass, then I would reckon that you're a, that you've got to be a time traveler because it's one of those predictions that if it actually transpires exactly that way, then there's no other explanation. Either that or Hollywood is all orchestrated and you're one of those insiders pulling the strings, but uh, we will see. And, uh, oh, de- definitely, I'm I'm definitely Gordon Ramsay 2.0, <laughs> and I'm just waiting to prove my abilities to the world. The right, the right time will come. All right, we have another Steven checking in. A variety of predictions on a variety of topics. So we'll just go down the list here. The war situation in Ukraine will rage on, waxing and waning as it has been throughout the year. I can see no relenting from Russia, I'm afraid. I think, however, in light of recent events, the West's attitude toward Ukraine may become one of further frustration as economic pressures continue and the need for aid persists. Ultimately, I don't see the war ending in 2023, but rather escalating. Yet to interject, I'd say that your prediction mirrors my own. Uh, You know, to me, that's just how I see it playing out. That's just just the way I see it. Uh, Everything from how it'll be and how the West will feel. I don't know, it just makes the most sense to me, you know, but it could go either way. Like, I'm not afraid to admit where I was wrong. I didn't think Russia was going to invade Ukraine. So there you have it. But uh, economically speaking now, in terms of the economy, I do not see inflation decreasing as expected earlier this year. I believe the war and the aid donated by the West uh, for fighting will create an ever-increasing hole in the West's finances, as many wars do. Add to this the sense of greed and entitlement of the upper classes and the business community, and it's only going to further the suffering of the normal folk like ourselves. Global unrest. In other areas, I can see many uprisings occurring globally, specifically in less affluent countries as the repressive regimes of oppressive and corrupt governments, coupled with the impractical cost of day-to-day living, pushes people to the brink. On the COVID side of things, you say, as for the COVID situation, I think China is uh, one to watch, 
as the recent events would suggest that cases are ballooning exponentially as citizens enjoy their new freedom to travel again. I think that the vaccination will make a difference. With the vaccinated Chinese population going relatively unharmed, but nonetheless, I fear it will not work out so well and the ruling classes there will smugly bring back their overly repressive restrictions, probably shortly after or during Chinese New Year festivities. Cost of living. Uh, we speak these days of a cost of living crisis, but when I look at the prevailing leaders of the world right now, for the most part, this mess is more of a failure in governance crisis, as leaders have opened the door to the greed of tycoons and corporate villainy at the expense of their own people. believe a great deal of change could be affected psychologically if we framed it as this failure in governance rather than the helpless-sounding cost-of-living crisis. Uh, Weather-wise, 2022 has shown us, there you go, uh, that extreme weather is more and more prevalent as of late, and I imagine this continuing in 2023, with increasing ferocity, of course, with no end in sight, as leaders cry wolf while pocketing wealth from various fossil fuel and similarly polluting enterprises. And finally, and this is a unique prediction, but uh, I like that you interjected and actually went ahead with this. As for shortwave, I'm afraid I've noticed less and less English language stations on there the last while, so I'd imagine this trend will continue. Very sad day for the medium, in my opinion. So thank you, Stephen, for checking in some uh, varying predictions there. Thanks for sharing them. Yeah, it's disappointing, and... uh, on the shortwave side of things, because I think you might be the only listener who, who actually gave a specific radio-related prediction in terms of the medium itself. Uh, yeah, the medium is in decline once again. It kind of... I realize now that the decline of shortwave hasn't been consistent. There was a drop in the medium in the late 90s. Then there was another drop, a huge drop, between around 2007 and 2012 or so. That was the biggest decline. Did you know, if you compared even 2007 to 2013, so we're not even talking a seven-year span the amount of stations on the shortwave probably got reduced by 50 to 75%. I mean, that's how great the decline was in that span of time. Then uh, the medium is still slowly declined, but uh, really from 2013 to maybe 2020, 2021 or so, 2022, the decline slowed a bit, because at that point, many of the stations that were hell-bent on leaving are already gone, and uh, the ones remaining still felt a reason to be on the air. But, uh, you know, it slowly still declined. But now, 2022, 2023, 
with the economic situation getting worse, listenership still declining, it's ramping up again. You know, in the last year, there were three big radio closures, and there were a few other stations that uh, still went off the air, but of the three big closures that happened, would you believe that just my luck, the three stations that left the airwaves in the last year were my three favorite stations. I mean, just, just my luck. I know that it is what it is, but this last year, at least for me, radio-wise, was horrible. And I, it's not something that I say lightly. It, it downright was horrible. Three good stations, really good. Two of those three went off the air in January of 2023. The first station that went away was The Voice of Greece. They went away in June of 2022. Then the second station that went away was RTL Radio, Radio Luxembourg. They were another good station. But then the third and final station that went away was UK-based Absolute Radio. And that one hurt the most, easily, more than probably the rest combined. That was a, that was a very special station to me, and, uh, of course, you know, the memories and all that live on, but it was a station that I had been a regular listener to for a decade at this point, and it was a station that was there for me, and it got me through a lot. And uh, it's uh, sad to see those go off the air and, you know, not be on the, on the radio anymore. But many other stations have left the airwaves in the last year as well, but those three were near and dear to me. And as much as I enjoy this medium, and as much as, of course, I'll be sticking with it, I wouldn't be... I'd be lying if I said that that didn't take a lot of the joy out of it. Because it does, it does. I mean, I listen to this this stuff for a reason, you know? It's it's not just because of the technical specificities, you know, it's the programming that I found appealing as well. And when three of my go-to stations, probably, like, there were five go-to stations, and three of those five have disappeared in the last year, this is just a shame. It's taken a lot out of it for me. You know, I'll still be promoting it and doing my thing, but... It's not what it was even just a couple years ago. And we'll see what the next year holds. I, I, I can't see the trend reversing or even stalling or slowing anytime soon. But a lot of the stations that I listen to these days now, I mean, would probably be for both 
international news, you know, discussion, uh, world music, and maybe some of the some of the domestic U.S. networks as well. But you know, there's a lot of stations out there that seem to buy more and more airtime these days that I'm just not a fan of. That I just the ones that do expand are the ones that I don't particularly listen to or want to listen to. It's like you have, uh, of course, the Overcomer Ministry. They're everywhere still, and it's just not my cup of tea. And then another station that's been buying up a lot of airtime in the U.S. is uh, the Legends. You know, I'm not going to comment on that one. Do your own research, but I just, I'm, you know, I don't listen to them. I just can't call myself unbiased in that regard, but I'm not going to... I'm not going to throw my hat into the ring with that one. But, uh, you know, like I said, there's still some stations out there. One shortwave station that's also disappointing, and they're still on the air, but it's just disappointing what they've become, is Radio Kuwait. And... I enjoyed them, and I've talked about this before, even in a recent show, so I'm not going to go on the whole thing, but just the sad thing about that is uh, I found them in 2014, it was. Really good signal, good quality audio, good programming, they played a nice music mix, and uh, it was enjoyable. But these days, their music selections have just gotten, in my opinion anyway, markedly worse. And it's just the most soulless pop music that you could possibly conjure at this point with no variety. And then the quality of their transmitters is just plunged off a cliff. So it's like, this is a station that I used to enjoy quite a bit, but am I going to sit there every night now and listen to three hours of, again, soulless generic pop music in what would, what's absolute garbage quality? at that. No, there's better things I could do with my time than that, and uh, that was a station that I used to intently listen to and looked forward to listening to, and they've just plunged off a cliff. Yeah, sad state of things, definitely, with this medium, but, you know, enjoy whatever life is left in it, because it's bleeding out and uh, soon to be done, but... You know, enjoy the last uh, the last breaths. That's all that I can say. It's uh, an irreversible trend, in my opinion. It's an irreversible course. Just make the most of it while there's anything to even be made of. Because they, I don't know if there will be for long. We've got the solar cycle picking up, and this is probably going to be the last one even worth enjoying. So if you want to get into it, this is your last call. Every year there's going to be less, just remember that. So, if you're thinking about getting into listening to the shortwave, may as well get into it in 2023, because by 2024 there's even going to be less left to it now, and then less in 2025, and so on. Hurts to say that, but I'm not going to lie and say that, oh, it's doing great, and it's going to be great next year, and blah, 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 because that's just flat out, it's ridiculous to say. Let's get to a few last predictions. Penny is checking in. So to start, 
I predict more of the same this year as last year. As well as COVID variants continuing, we will hear about increased COVID infections in China, especially since there's a high travel rate. Prior to the new year, the lunar new year, that is celebrated on January 22nd. Some easy predictions. One, inflation continues and more employees will be asking for pay raises and or seeking higher paying jobs in order to keep up with the rising prices and cost of living, which will create a turnover, a high turnover of workers at the company. Employers will need to offer a more satisfying work-life balance in order to keep their employees long-term, flexible schedules, and continued work-from-home options where possible. 2. Supply chain delays continue, creating predominant shortages and delayed stock replacement on grocery shelves. 3. A continued increase in demand for mental health services due to subsequent effects of pandemic life stressors, not to mention long wait times to get a first appointment. 4. Record-breaking cold temperatures this winter with major snow events. 5. Due to a surge in pet adoption during the pandemic, the need for a furry companion to boost mental health. Pet apps will be on the rise. These apps will check the nutrition intake and uh, exercise playtime balance. The pet industry, for instance, food, toys, bedding, grooming, etc., shall uh, continual, shall show continual growth in 2023. And six, you will, <laughs> I, I have to laugh at this one for a couple reasons, but I, I get it. <laughs> You'll be a guest on the Hot Ones show, sporting the Review Bra merch, logo, hoodie, and jeans. <laughs> Just kidding, of course. You'd be wearing a winged collar and suit ensemble. I'd like to see you on this show, as I know you enjoy spicy food. I've been, it's been a bit over a year now since I started listening to your content. Really enjoyed the yearly prediction podcasts. Fun to hear all the interesting comments from everyone writing in, as well as your commentary and amusement. So thank you, Penny. And uh, that's right, if I, if I were to ever appear on that course wing collar all the way that's that's the way it's done yeah i don't i don't know about the uh the hot ones you know the thing about that and i'll tell you i'll tell you the story this is a good example of you know the the phrase so close yet so far i was back in the day now by back in the day i mean 2017 which I guess isn't too far back, but, you know, the way social media and all that stuff is, that's kind of something that you could phrase that way, I'd say accurately. But anyway, so back then, I was invited to uh, do the Hot Ones show, believe it or not, and I agreed to it. So they were doing it up in New York, and... I had to get up there anyway because of some personal things going on, so I took uh, the Amtrak up there. That's when I did a review of the Amtrak sleeper car and got up north. Well, anyway, I had 
built into my schedule the the possibility for saying, all right, I'll get myself here and, you know, do this, that, and the other thing. I'd have to get into the city to do it, but um, what happened was, health-wise, I got sick, and it just wasn't going to work. It was like my sense of taste to begin with was all off. I wasn't feeling well at all, and it just wouldn't be wise, number one, to get myself down to the city and do all of this craziness and have such a hectic day when I was already down for the count. Secondly, it's one of those things that even if I even if I thought I could do it, I think it'd just be a bit rude. But secondly, it would obviously show that I wouldn't be my normal self, and it would it would look it, I would sound it, I wouldn't have the energy. And it just wouldn't be a good look anyway. It'd be like, I'm going to be there and I'm going to be sick as a dog and uh, people who don't know of the channel are going to see it and that's how they're going to, uh, that's going to be their understanding of this. It's just, doesn't really make much sense in that regard either. So I had to let them know I don't, I, I can't do it today. You know, I'm not, I'm not in any condition to, but that was it. They, yeah. Uh, you know, nothing worked out after that. I guess they just... I guess their strategy is just you have to show up at this one time, and if not, then we're going to pass on you. So that's what they did. And uh, it is what it is in the end. I mean, these days, you know, it. I don't know if I'd really bother with it, but, I mean, if the stars aligned, I'm not going to say I would never do it or any of that, you know, if it all worked out. But if offered the opportunity, would I would I say... I'm going to drop everything and go up there right now and do it. I, I can't say I'm at that point, but um, this is my Hot Ones-related story. It's not that I hold any animosity toward them whatsoever. You know, they have their way of doing things. And it was me that got sick, you know? It's, it's just how it was. But uh, this is the way it played out, and uh, that's just a, a pertinent story that came to mind. All right. I know it's a couple hours into the show, and this is a prediction that, you know, there's been a lot so far that are serious, right? They're, they're serious predictions. They cover major geopolitical events, etc. I already gave my caveat and my disclaimer before I started reading these. You've obviously heard it if you're listening in this far. This was the only prediction of all those that have came in, and you've seen that a lot have, and uh, a lot of them, I would say, were heavy predictions. But this is the only one that made me pause, and it made me even think. Not that it's, it's not offensive or anything like that. I have to make that clear first and foremost. You know, it's not inflammatory. I just... It's serious, and it's one of those that... It made me pause, and it made me think, this might just be too heavy, it just might be too much, because I think some people are going to be impacted by this one more than others, and it's going to... I can't say that it's not going to have an impact. So... You just need to take that into account. This is the one that it might just be a bit much. But nonetheless... I still want to read it now that you have that warning, so just, you know, brace yourself. This is like, 
strap in, okay. Comes in from an anonymous listener. And I would say anonymous for good reason. And it reads, Ikea hot dog scandal. This listener went there. This listener really went there and actually brought up the Ikea hot dog scandal. At this point, it's just going to be what it is, and I fear I might have said too much. If some group of heavily armed mercenaries breaks down my door and drags me into a van, I mean, I'm going to know why. But it's been said, and at this point in time, we can now only hope that since this knowledge has been revealed, we aren't going to be the ones that will this into existence. It's crazy. Prediction comes in from Sam in Salt Lake City, Utah. I just listened to your latest podcast and decided to throw in some social media predictions for 2023 into the ring, so here they are. First, TikTok will begin to collapse under the weight of its own chaos and favorability toward the platform will decline in 2023. Second, a new social media platform will gain attention as a result of this collapse and or become the catalyst for TikTok's decline. Alternatively, TikTok will go through a major redesign in response to criticism to save face and user base. The platform has gotten increasingly controversial as more information has been gathered about how it works and its effects on users. So it'll be interesting to see how all of that plays out, if at all. I know the platform has already been disallowed on government devices, and I wouldn't be surprised if this trend of wariness continues in some way. Perhaps a new social media trend will take hold altogether, rendering TikTok obsolete or less popular than before. Or maybe it's only just begun and will stay forever on the rise in one form or another, despite controversy. Just taking a reading of currently shifting attitudes on the subject and playing around with some ideas here. Thank you for all your wonderful shows, and here's wishing a gentle 2023 for everybody. Sam in Salt Lake City, thank you for your prediction on the social media side of things. It's going to be an interesting one to watch. I've definitely seen some of the backlash. I think some people might notice that I've never really talked about TikTok, nor have I ever promoted a profile there because I don't have one, nor do I use the site. And my reasons why I don't are the reasons expressed in your email. It's just not personally. Now, this is the thing, and I, I have this attitude for a lot of things. The things that apply to me personally, I'm not going to force on everyone else. That's why it's like, just because I don't use the site and I can't say I have a favorable view of it, 
You notice that I don't sit here spending every second of this show trying to tell people, oh, it's so awful and you're awful for using it and blah, blah, blah. It's like, look, that's just my preference, but I'm not going to dictate what someone wants to do with their life. And uh, and if they want to use the site, you know, that's your choice to make. I'm not going to sit here and stop you and I'm not going to look down on, on uh, someone for using it, but I've had my reservations and I just can't get myself to ever make an account there. So I've had that feeling since 2019, 2020. I did some research even then, and I just wasn't comfortable with it. That's all I can say. So I just decided, look, I know that it's going to be a popular site. I know that it's going to... um, Maybe it would have been advantageous if I got into it, but I just can't do it. That's the first part, uh, that I just have my personal reservations and objections. The second part, it works for extremely short-form content. So what am I supposed to even do when that's what the site favors? What am I supposed to do? when I do 20-minute review videos and three-hour podcasts and one-hour radio shows. What am I even supposed to do there? Because I can't can't even come up with an answer. If I were even gung-ho about it, what do I even do? What is there for me to do? And the thought of doing some sort of weird edit and condensing a 20-minute video into a five-second clip, I just can't... I don't know if I could really do that to my own content. I know that sounds stupid and probably pretentious, but that's just how I feel. So, (laughs) for all of those reasons, I've just passed on it. Even if I I take the loss, I take the loss. But it'll be interesting to see uh, what direction things go in 2023. And I think either way, I think you hit the nail on the head in terms of, let's say that the site does collapse, and let's say it declines, right? I think you're spot on in that if that is the case, another site is just going to raise to prominence because we know that's how it goes with social media. If one site goes out, there is going to be another one that is going to spring up immediately and swoop in on that opportunity. What amazes me the most is YouTube, how it's actually remained consistent, but I figure compared to other sites that are far more, let's say, transient in nature, YouTube is somehow like a like a sentinel of sorts. It's kind of treated more as almost, not quite, but I think people will know what I'm getting at here, that YouTube is more or less, I feel, treated as a broadcast medium as opposed to a social media site itself, right? It's like Twitter is Twitter and TikTok is TikTok, etc. But YouTube, on the other hand, is more analogous to the entire medium of television, not just a particular channel on television or a particular broadcast network, but just the entire medium in and of itself and everything 
encompassed thereby. And I figure as a result, because it's treated more as a broadcast medium than just a singular social media site, that's why it's remained so consistent. Because it's like even going back to television, it's like television stations and networks come and go and they wax and wane in popularity, but the medium of television is still around. So YouTube, now this is not a new comparison, this is what people have been saying about it for years, but I think it's uh, withstood the test of time. So YouTube is kind of treated as like a, like a medium, a broadcast medium. Anyway, that's just my take. Alright, this is a prediction that comes in from Ali, who writes, Wanted to send a few predictions this year, because it sounds like fun, and I always enjoy the prediction shows. First prediction is that we'll see a massive swing from minimalism to maximalism, from overall style, clothing, to interior-exterior design, advertising, holidays, etc. Basically everything. I think it'll be driven by big companies because, firstly, it'll be sort of easy as younger generations want to define their own unique style, and we've been in a minimalist-geared trend for a while, and two... Because after the pandemic and inflation crisis, companies will want people to buy more general stuff. Not really useful stuff, but decor, accessories, even furniture and decorative items that have been out of fashion for a long time, like china, placemats, table lamps, and whatnot. Sure, lots of people are truly fans of minimalism. I myself am a fan. But I believe the millennial generation and younger has become so used to practicality and only spending money on housing, food, and other necessities, along with being a generation of renters that have a harder time personalizing their home and property, that big corporations will want to change that and get us to spend more on unnecessary items. The trend will be sold to us subtly, as greater self-expression slash finding yourself to interject. Yeah, that would be an interesting strategy, wouldn't it? I could see, If they're going to do it, they're going to take that approach. I bet they will. Getting back to your prediction, it'll possibly go as far as making minimalist uh, and people who don't decorate or personalize their outfits and homes excessively seem boring and without a unique personality. Next prediction is really just false hope, but I believe, fingers crossed, that America will steer away from tipping culture and follow suit of most of the rest of the world. We'll pay our people a living wage, whatever that's considered. No longer ask for the customer to supplement cost and pay employees directly. My hope is that the trend of virtual tip jars, anywhere from counter service restaurants to grocery stores, Uh, using screens to ask for tips, as well as the average tip going up from 15 to 20 to 40 to 50 during the height of the pandemic and finally settling at around 25%, will reach a tipping point, no pun intended, and customers will have had enough. I'm aware that tips are the main income for many people, but the history of tipping culture in the U.S. stems from slavery and avoidance of paying freed slaves an actual wage. Sorry to rant, but I really hope and predict, therefore predict, an end to tipping in the U.S.
Next, I believe fertility rates will continue to drop. For some known and many unknown reasons, I believe the birth rate, as well as overall fertility rate, will drop even more dramatically than it has in previous years. I don't really know why I think this, and I wouldn't want to offend anyone with the ideas I do have about it, but I think it's a safe bet that it'll happen. And lastly, I believe alternate, less mainstream religions will rise in popularity. I think since the information era began, and traditional religions taking a bit of a back seat to scientific and evidence-based beliefs, a lot of the younger generations, especially in the Western world, are without faith. I believe that recent hardships and all the craziness in the world will leave a lot of people with a sort of thirst for faith in something, and because many of the same people reject traditional religions, you'd see a huge rise in religions such as Norse paganism, Wicca, and other general, quote, witchcraft, unquote, type spiritual beliefs. Sounds odd, but I'd bet money on it. Thanks for opening your inbox to predictions again this year. Hope you get lots of interesting input from your listeners. Sorry for the long email. Can never seem to keep my thoughts very concise. Happy New Year to you and everyone listening. So thank you for your predictions there. Thanks for taking the time to uh, type them out and send them in. I certainly feel that there has been some great variety and predictions just like yours contribute directly to it. So thanks for taking that time to send that in. This one comes in from an anonymous listener. Reads as follows. My prediction is that we will begin to see the pitfalls of a chronically online generation more clearly. When I look back to my childhood and high school years, I feel really disassociative toward the adult things that I witnessed on the internet. Without our parents knowing, many of us in Gen X and Millennials saw gore, X-rated content, the pressure of social media, potentially chatted with adult strangers online. I just can't imagine the wave of iPhone kids remaining unjaded. Despite the end of the COVID quarantine, people continue to live confined in a work-from-home lifestyle with only their computer to keep them company. I worry so much for kids who missed out on socializing due to COVID, especially with the increasing polarization associated with our screen time, i.e. radicalization on social media. The sheer amount of brazen violence, misogyny, racism, and homophobia online makes me dizzy. The popularity of figures such as Andrew Tate, Elon Musk, and Trump are just a warning for the future. This year, I believe, we'll see the popularity of previously online niches transition to the real world. Politicians will continue to advance sexism, but possibly advocating for birth control restrictions, and enable racism by denying its existence. Similarly, the traditionalist attitudes toward gender roles will become more mainstream, and we may see consequences of influencers like Andrew Tate become more apparent as his fans age. 
children have less impulse control than teenagers and adults, and are not always able to discern between right and wrong without the guidance of their parents, yet many kids have unadulterated online access, and I can only imagine how this might impact the future this year and every year to come. Now, I can't be the only one who's felt this weird shift over the past year, right? Things feel much more lonely. I'm very grateful for my friends and family, real life, because it's hard to stay rooted in reality when everything is online. I feel like this shift will become clearer in 2023, for better or for worse. We will see what direction this online world will drag us to. So thank you for your prediction there and some thoughts in regards to, uh, again, especially the perspective of the again, as you mentioned, chronically online generation, and perhaps some of the the consequences that'll come from it. Yeah, that's a problem, you know. Well, here's an interesting point, and I think I mentioned this early, earlier in the broadcast, I should say, but being that I record these in segments, sometimes I don't even remember what I say, and, and, uh, Sorry if it sounds like I'm a broken record, any, but... You know, I see these reports that come through, be that from just things that are witnessed and post, uh, posted on social media that, you know, are very real experiences that are witnessed, uh, be that what educators are reporting, or just what people in their everyday lives are witnessing. I think, anyway, that the social media usage, and really the addiction I feel that it has caused among many young people. What we see on social media, which is a real mixed bag, there's a lot of bad stuff out there, there's a lot of horrible stuff, there's a lot of horrible stuff that goes all ways, that's masqueraded as supposedly good things, right? And then a lot of people just... I don't know, they seem very impressionable. And you see what people are exposed to, and... There's people that just been this way their whole lives. Now they're coming of age. There's going to be outliers, don't get me wrong. You know, there's going to be good outliers, but if they are just outliers, that's not going to be enough. That's not going to be enough to make anything any better. As a matter of fact, things are just going to get indescribably worse. And based on what I see a lot of people saying, what we see in the news, what we see, again, even based on direct observation day to day, but based on what gets reported, you know, in schools, etc., what we see propagated on social media, the things that go viral, the things that get more attention than they ever possibly uh, deserve or should rightfully have, what, you know, the influences are in society, I ask myself, realistically speaking, <laughs> barring magic or divine intervention or this being a simulation that can suddenly be adjusted, right? Barring anything like that, some sort of deus ex machina sort of situation, how is this going to turn around, right? How? Tell me how it's going to turn around. And I think I think that to myself. I don't have an answer. I don't believe that it will. 
You know, I'm not going to be in denial about it, but certainly don't, I don't want things to get worse, but do I think a year from now, five years from now, ten years from now, is it going to be any better? Or are we going to be in a hellhole that's going to make this look like paradise? I suspect the latter. But that's me, and that's, that's my pessimistic attitude. But when faced with that question, there's no other answer that I have. I'd like to be optimistic. Look, if something changes and I, I'm dead wrong, I'll take it easily. Let me be completely wrong in that case. And there's going to be outliers. Like I said, there's going to be exceptions, but it's not going to be enough. And you could only hope that those outliers and those exceptions become the last vestige, really, of humanity and civility in this world, and that's going to be that, and just hope they hold out for as long as they do, but that's, you know, just admitting that it's all going down. I don't know. Some people have theorized that one day, maybe not this generation, but maybe the one after it, you know, if things go a certain route and it gets uncontrollably bad, then maybe it'll become kind of the popular thing to rebel against to try to actually be better. But I don't abide by that logic. I don't I don't see that happening. Because the way I figure, a lot of what we see, this isn't organic. You know, it makes me think that things could be... There's, there's things and entities, you name it, that could make everything better with the flick of a finger, but they don't. So that tells me that there's probably, you know, again, organizations, entities, individuals, maybe they want it this way. And right now, they got more than enough people eating right out of their hand. So if they've got that level of control over the situation, I don't see that ever getting let up. And I think the power exists that if there would ever be a trend in the opposite direction, I think that could be stopped. It would be artificially stopped, but it would still get the same result. What does it matter if it's artificial or not? In that case, it doesn't. But I've thought for years, you know, I've thought this since I started paying attention in 2014 or so. My worries about this. Well, here we are. I don't think that those were unfounded concerns even then. We'll see. I hope that I'm wrong, but we will see, right? 2023 predictions from a third world military officer. So these are based by country. So just going to list the country and then the subsequent prediction. So let's check it out. A bunch of predictions for America. So first, migration crisis will expand and the American military will get involved. Military industrial complex will turn its eye to the war on drugs, and soldiers will deal with migrants. There will be more attacks on the American infrastructure that are, quote, unexplained, unquote, power outages as more substations are attacked. American troops will be quietly removed from Syria as Russia brokers a deal with Syria and Turkey 
The Kurds will get a kicking as a result. The American culture war will slowly swing from the left to the right, but the centrists will get compressed by totalitarian laws. Now, this is an interesting one. The state of California will swing right as crime and homelessness becomes untenable. The state will become increasingly dysfunctional and less productive. Fast food automation will increase after this start in Texas, but will fail to improve at the end of the year. The food will still be bad. Memes will spread. You had to interject. I saw that story about the fully automated restaurant in Texas, but I thought, you know, even if just the, the state of things, I thought even if everything could be fully automated, I somehow doubt that quality would be guaranteed. Now a prediction up to the north, up to Canada. Politically, Canada will hopefully swing hard conservative come next election. Some predictions for Asia to China. China will not have a worker revolution, but protests will continue, and change will happen, but nothing monumental. They will have a good mid-year and end-year, with Middle Eastern and African investments returning, and they will not be able to bully India. As for Japan, the militarization will begin and progress, and it will eventually become a major player in the region, but that will be years from now. But the process will begin. As for Russia, they will take about 40% of Ukraine, that's not including Crimea. The Ukrainian casualties will eventually leak, and people will be horrified as the number of deaths. This will trigger a peace settlement, and the current president will be replaced by a general. There will not be a big enough economic crunch on Russia to slow its war machine. As for Britain, the year will be economically tough, but they'll expand their military budget, civil unrest will occur as things will be more difficult for the average citizen. Germany will be embarrassed by their anti-coup crackdown as it becomes exposed that it's an overblown reaction to political opposition. Economic constraints will cause them to swing right political in the next election. And Poland will struggle with the increasing refugee numbers and its associated debt as a consequence of the war in Ukraine. So thank you for your predictions there. Uh, some rounded predictions, again, going country to country. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens, you know. In terms of the Ukrainian situation uh, with Russia and the, you know, the territory there, I would figure, again, that that would be encompassing most of the oblasts that were discussed earlier, right? It would be the Donbass, and then following that would be uh, probably Zafirizia, Kherson, Mykolaiv, Kharkiv, probably then, then you'd throw in, you know, Odessa, Dnipro. And then I guess it would just depend, right, on, on Belarus if a front would get opened there again. 
But either way, if you added some, then that would get to pretty quickly that that in and of itself might already be 40%. If they were all controlled, of course, right in their entirety. It's going to be interesting to watch uh, with Japan also. I know they did mention that they're starting to to uh, kind of build back up militarily. What did they give us? The, was it North Korea that they gave as a justification for that? It's off the top of my head. I think it was, though. And Poland, you know, that's another one that I wonder. Because they really did go all in with uh, Ukraine and the support thereof. That'll, that's going to be an interesting one, too. Thank you for your predictions. It'll be interesting to see the uh, political shifts as well, especially with California. And, you know, some people might think that the words California and shifting right might seem ridiculous, you know, in the same sentence. But that's actually something that I took note of as I was studying the results of the midterm elections, which had, you know, results all over the place <laughs> in one direction or the other. It's a crazy map to see, but, you know, you look. All right, I'll just use the Senate races, but realistically speaking, with very few exceptions, the results have the exact same swing for both House and Governor races. But anyway, you could pull up a map and you could see each state and you could look at the numbers 2020 comparison. So this says, what is the shift in margin compared with the 2020 presidential vote? So it's just saying, did people vote more to the right or to the left than they did in 2020? This is just over the last few years. And let's look at California, right? How did they uh, compare to 2020. Every single county shifted to the right in California. Now, it wasn't enough to really have a substantial impact on uh, Senate or uh, governor races, but it did make an impact in the House, which came very close uh, nationwide. But certain counties, like you could look, it'll see how many more points to the right they voted, and you start looking, Orange County, California, 10 more points. It shifted to the right by 10 points compared to 2020. Now, these are counties that, you know, by the early and mid-2000s were red and then flipped blue. Riverside County, 9.2% or points, I should say. San Bernardino, 12 points. San Diego, 7.6 points. Even Los Angeles, 4.2 points more Republican. Even shockingly, San Francisco went, it was just a 1.3 point shift, but still. So, certainly the, the, the prediction you give politically for California, I would say, is a reasonable one. The question would just be, how far is it going to swing? Was this just a one-off thing, or is it going to be indicative of a larger trend? That remains to be seen. Another state that really shifted was New York, especially the uh, city area and the suburbs over there. I mean, you had 12-point shift in Staten Island, 11-point shift in Suffolk County, 13 points in Nassau, that's Long Island and Staten Island. 
Uh, but then down in Florida, that had the biggest shift, really. You've had counties there that have shifted 18 points to the right, 25 points. And this is on top of a, a shift to the right that it had in 2020. 17 points, 13 points, 18 points. And then if you add that to what shifted in 2020 already, I mean, we'd be talking probably generally a 25 to 30 point shift. But that's Florida. People say Florida is a big outlier. And uh, that very well may be true. But it's just interesting to see these maps. And some states, you know, that shifted to the left. Arizona, the Atlanta, Georgia area, Pennsylvania, Ohio, Colorado, Oregon. It's just interesting to see what kind of went in what direction. Could I, I could look at these maps all day. Helen in Scotland writes, I've hesitated in sending you my main prediction for 2023 as I feel I'm being a very misery loves company, but my son said I should just go for it. I predict in 2023 we're going to be embarking upon another Great Depression, like the one the world experienced nearly 100 years ago. Signs have been there for a while now. Here in the UK, inflation is going to keep galloping up and our government will continue not to care. I believe this situation could go one of two ways. Either genuine anger from the public will force a general election and we'll have some form of change that way, or the public will continue in its torpor and, as you said in a previous prediction, we'll be taking wheelbarrows of banknotes to the shop to buy bread by December 2023 while saying, mustn't grumble. I'm afraid to say that in the case of the UK, outcome two is the most likely. Either way, life is going to get worse before it gets better. Now, this leads to a personal prediction for 2023, which unfortunately is already a reality. We're going to be in real trouble in our personal circumstances. I'll spare you the details, but this year I heard someone describing themselves in relation to their own difficult situation as having a cockroach-like survival instinct. And I realized, well, this phrase also applies to me. So 2023 is going to be the year of the cockroach-like survival instinct for me. Now, in a more wonderful prediction, I can see you reaching 3 million subscribers on your main YouTube channel. And this is more than deserved. You're a stone-cold pro the way you come back after that nasty bout of food poisoning. I admire you and would like to... and would like you to give yourself more credit for your hard work and professionalism. I'm heartened to see that so many people appreciate you. And please appreciate yourself, lad. Take care and have a very happy new year. All the best wishes for 2023, Helen in Scotland, UK. So thank you, Helen, for checking in, for your predictions there. Yeah, economic downturn. I mean, it's one of those things, like I said, I, I, I've said this before, but a lot of people see it um, on the horizon. And I think collectively, myself included in this, We'd be more surprised if the economy was actually in a better state a year from now than it is right now. We'd think, what on earth happened, right?
But, uh, well, we'll see. And I hope, in regards anyway to your personal prediction, I hope if there's a prediction that winds up being incorrect, I hope that your situation improves to the point where really no such instinct to that extent is necessary. It's always good, you know, that we have our guard up and, you know, stay alert and all of that, but uh, I hope things improve, whatever they may be, and your situation is able to be perhaps an unexpectedly positive and comfortable one at that. But no matter what, I wish you the very best, and uh, I hope you just hang in there no matter what 2023 has in store. All right, we're approaching the last few predictions. I think I'll read uh, two or three more. What I may wind up doing, if there are any late predictions, I might finish them up in the uh, next program, The Mailbag Show. They won't really be emphasized, but if uh, there's any latecomers that, you know, show up before this show airs, uh, then, of course, I'll still oblige to try to read them and uh, probably get to them in the next show. Just, you know, here or there, if there's one or two that essentially slipped through the cracks, you know, I'd try to do that. But anyway, I think we've got four more that I'll try to read. So let's see. This prediction comes in from uh, Stephen in Alaska, who writes, A few predictions for the coming year. First of all, I think that the stock and housing market will have a correction. The writing is on the wall. Combination of inflation, continued high federal interest rate, and a ballooning housing market will lead to a burst. I predict that the conflict in Ukraine will continue its slow tit-for-tat style battle, and that, will, that it will not end or be settled by this year's end. Crypto will not recover to previous values, but will instead crumble when the previously mentioned market correction occurs. Good people will continue to exist in this world. People that stand up for and help those that can't stand for themselves. And people that do good when it brings no benefit to them. Happy New Year. Much love from Alaska. So thank you, Stephen, checking in. Yeah, I think everyone is pretty much on the same page economically speaking. I don't, I don't really see anyone <laughs> predicting that, oh, the economy is going to be booming in 2023. <laughs> I'm not seeing any of that. I don't think that optimism is there. An anonymous listener in the Midwest checking in. In 2023, I predict that you will officially endorse Governor DeSantis for president. <laughs> or not. That may not be good for your employment with Google. <laughs> I had to laugh, uh, I always, number one, it would certainly be, I can't even imagine the, uh, if, if theoretically that were even to happen, God, the reactions, boy, that would be, that would be crazy. But secondly, when it comes down to politics and all that, I, I, I'm not one to make endorsements. I don't think I've ever made a political endorsement with anything that I do. I know in 2016, 2018, and 2020. So those were the election years, right? The 2016 presidential, 18 midterms, 2020 presidential. 
I did make a political-related video for each of them. And in those, I told people, you know, just research the issues, research who's on the ballot, try to look these people up, and uh, think for yourself. I'm not going to tell you who you should or shouldn't support, but realistically, I said, look, just make the choice, whatever it is, and don't let someone else uh, coerce you or force you into going with a certain choice. You know, you have to think for yourself and uh, make the choice you think is best, whatever race that might be. So that's what I did those years. Now, I did not do anything for 2022 because one message that I would promote in conjunction with that that I just could not promote in good faith, and I don't think I'll do it anymore, is uh, to tell people blindly to just go out and vote because I think voting is a waste of time if you're not going to research what it is you're voting for. And uh, I'd rather say nothing, and uh, even if a few people then stay home as a result, I would rather say nothing than tell people who would be misinformed to go out and vote. I think it's something that if you're going to go to the polls, it doesn't matter who you vote for or what you support. I really, it's your, that's on you. That's your choice. But I just cannot at this point ever get behind telling someone to go to the polls without having any information on who they're voting for or what they're voting for or who the people that they're voting for are or what they support, etc., Right, because you got to know. You got to know what do I think is best for me? What do I think is best for my area, my country, etc.? You got to know who these folks are and uh, make the best choice from there. And even though in those videos, you know, I, I try to say, do your research, etc., you know damn well that saying that it's not really going to do all that much. So, at the risk of potentially contributing to the uninformed voting thing. I just can't, I can't get behind it anymore. So, before major elections, I'll probably talk about it on this podcast. I'll talk about it on the radio, because I think folks who have gone through all this to, you know, even listen to it in the first place would be more inclined and capable and uh, would have the motivation to do research, if not already, and uh, such a statement would be much more impactful than it would be, you know, just telling people who are going to watch 10 seconds of a 10-minute video and uh, might actually, uh, even if it's just a couple, act on it. I can't do that. I feel like that's more harm than even telling people what to vote for. To openly advocate folks showing up and, uh, without even checking to see, you know, I shake my head at the thought. I can't believe I even did that in the past, but it is what it is. A lot of people don't see anything wrong with it. Maybe I do, but that's, that's all there is to it. All right, now, you got some weather-related predictions, too. So, you're right. Hoping for a good year for everyone. One thing that's interesting to me is the weather. That's interesting to me, too. Anyway, you write, the last five years or so in the Midwest 
We've been getting hit hard by hail and wind. I know you mentioned the 2020 derecho a few times before. We had another derecho in December 2021. Now, 2022 was a crazy wind and hail year as well. So much so that a lot of property, casualty insurers are re-examining how they look at homeowners insurance going forward. Simply isn't profitable with the current amount of storm damage at the rates we have seen in the past. Many of the companies are taking huge rate hikes to combat this. My prediction is that we'll see a slowdown in severe weather in the Midwest this year. I'm still out on climate change. I think it's 100% possible. The cause for which we don't know, likely just natural causes instead of human interference. Anyway, maybe I'm just hoping for this since I work in the industry. Hope you have a good day. Well, thank you for your prediction. Hopefully 2023 will be, in terms of severe weather, a a nice break, really in all areas, but uh, hopefully there won't be any more terrible derechos in your neck of the woods. Prediction of the broadcast, this one comes in from Zach, from Israel, though these days in Dublin, Ireland, uh, relocated there for work. So a few predictions by category for 2023. Technology. Chat GPD will continue to change the world and impact multiple industries. Google will release a similar product as a reaction. Healthwise, a new COVID variant originated in Asia will affect the world. Sports Kansas City Chiefs will win the Super Bowl. Fast food-wise, a new trend in the fast food industry, ice cream cheeseburgers will take over the industry. And on the YouTube side of things, Review Bra will bring back the VORW Nightwalk segment, wishful thinking. Hope this year will be better than the last few we had. Thank you for the great content. It's definitely a comfort to my homesickness being far away in a different country. So thank you, Zach, from Israel, uh, again, now in Dublin, for your predictions. And I agree, I hope that this year will be better than the last few. It's been a crazy time, and uh, I think, I would hope anyway, that uh, we'd all like to see, no matter what way things uh, seem to be going, that we know we have a nice year, and it's a nice, perhaps peaceful and calm year, and Everything magically turns out for the better, right? That would be that would be awfully nice. I will I'll take it. Gladly. And uh well as for the VORW Nightwalk segment, you know I'll close off the broadcast with this because it's a question that gets asked every now and then about the Nightwalk segment. Why I uh I don't do it anymore. The main limitation, if you'd believe it, is in terms of the equipment that I use. Now, you notice, I haven't done the Nightwalk segment in a good number of years, and the reason being is really quite simple. It's because I changed the way I do these shows. Now, I don't know if you listened to the last 
podcasts that I did, but there was a question that was asked. The truth is, I, I don't even remember what the question was, but all I remember is that in response to either the question or the topic, somehow I was talking about the means that I use to record this show. And that is the direct correlation between the Nightwalk segment or lack thereof. So back in the, you know, back a few years ago, I guess it was, you know, what was it, 2014 or so, 2015, I used, again, this little MP3 player that was highly portable, but the thing was a piece of junk, and I'm not afraid to finally admit that. I know I I personally liked the audio quality that it provided. It was softer, and again, it was more analogous to AM radio, and uh, I think that a lot of people who listened to the show uh, could agree that, that the softer audio... I bet especially for the folks who, you know, listen to this for uh, sleep or for relaxation, that very soft audio is not abrasive in the slightest, and uh, I could definitely understand how it can, uh, again, lead to a more calming atmosphere. And I get it, I understand it. Look, that's one of the reasons why I like to listen to a lot of analog broadcasts. Uh, I like the softness that the audio provides it there is a there is a relaxing element to it a soothing element uh, but just because it has those qualities does not mean that the recording device itself is quality because it's not and i think i mentioned in the last show that those uh clip mp3 players that i used to record uh, the broadcasts broke so frequently that I went through probably six or seven of them in just the span of a few short years. And when something has that short of a shelf life, just from standard activity, then that tells you everything that you need to know about the quality thereof. Very low quality at that. So they kept breaking and breaking and breaking, You look at the thing the wrong way and it breaks. I ordered a replacement and it broke before it even got here. I ordered another replacement and it broke very quickly. They just, I guess they aren't meant to last. So despite some of the positives that they had, i.e. their portability, as well as some of the audio characteristics which they exhibited, they just were not of, of good quality at all. And uh, as a result, many a problem came to be. So in 2019, I shifted to this microphone, and that's what I used. Though for 2020, a little bit, I resurrected one of the older recording devices until it broke. <laughs> that's, that's how it is. But uh, as a result... Because I just use this microphone, it's connected by a wire to my computer. So I have the audio program up as I'm recording this. I'm looking at the waveform right now. And 
There is a little cable that's about three feet or so, maybe more, it might be longer. Maybe it's four feet. But either way, that's as far as I can go. So because I have to have this wired connection to my computer to do the show, that restricts my mobility and the distance that I can go. Now, normally, that doesn't really affect me very much, because a lot of the time, I do this just sitting here at the desk. Uh, sometimes I'll pace around, but that's all that I need. I don't really need to go and move about. But obviously, if I wanted to do the night walk segment, all right, look at it this way. With the, with the means that I use to record this show now, if I wanted to do a night walk, is it theoretically possible? Yes. Would it be ridiculous at the same time? Yes, it would be. Because if I wanted to do a night walk and record it with this setup, then I would have to have the microphone as well as the computer along with it that I'd have to lug around with me. So I could either get like a laptop cart on uh, wheels and put a laptop on that and then wheel that around with me as I walk around, which would be silly. And even then, I mean, I'd have to have, I'd probably want to have both hands on the cart for stability, because the last thing I'd want is for it to get caught or snagged on something for, uh, you know, and then have everything break. So then what, I would have to get the boom arm and put that on the cart to have the microphone attached. Now, could you imagine what a sight this would be? If you have no idea who I am, well, what it is that I'm doing, and you're out there at 3 a.m., and maybe you're, you know, going for a drive or something, and you see in this dimly lit, empty road, this guy walking in the sidewalk in a full suit and tie with a cart, wheeling around a computer with a boom arm, a filter, and a microphone, wheeling this thing down the street at 3 a.m. I guarantee that would attract some pretty weird looks and attention, and it would be a logistical pain. And I think I would be more focused on those things, and I would be even trying to, uh, record anything, so it's like, all right, theoretically, with this, could I do it? Yeah. Would it be worth it? <laughs> no. Or I guess, you know, for a little bit more style, I could, um, just get a bicycle, and then I could have a little, a little red wagon behind the bicycle, and I could put my uh, computer in the wagon, and then uh, do it that way. And I could put a little flag on the back of the wagon, <laughs> and then I could cart that around. I mean, I'd still get some looks, but it would be a little less uh, 
just the thought of that makes me laugh. But, um, it's just one of those, I mean, yeah, like I said, is it possible? Sure, but would it really work? Probably not. And I guarantee with my luck, something's going to happen. There's going to be a very spot thunderstorm or something, and it's going to pour rain on my computer, or I'm going to get the contraption caught on something, and the computer's going to break, or the cord is going to get caught on something, or if I go with the bicycle route, then the microphone cord would get caught in the wheel, and I'd go flying off and break my nose or something. So, with the current setup, a night walk just is not practicable. But, um, that's why. Now, of course, there's ways around it. There's other things that I'm sure I could invest in and just get something that would have that portability. But, you know, the current setup has grown on me. Admittedly, it has. And, uh, you know, I just have a process that I go through and a way of doing it. But I've gotten used to it. And, uh, and I can't say I have any sort of dislike or disdain for it. Thanks for your prediction. And with that, that's all that I have for you for this predictions show. I hope you found some of the predictions that were in this program to be enjoyable, perhaps interesting, maybe thought-provoking. And as I mentioned, I'm sure there were a few predictions that slipped through the cracks. So in the next program that I do, I'll be uh, I'll do a little bit of catch-up at some point in that show where I'll, uh, you know, take a look and go through them. And uh, if there are any stragglers, then I'll certainly get to them in the next show that I do. With that, that's all that I have for you in tonight's broadcast. Thank you all for listening in once again. And until next time, be safe, be healthy, and I wish you all the very best. Take care. This is VORW.